This is East Carolina defensive coordinator Blake Carroll, and you're listening to the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. Welcome in to the Sports Objective as we have a great show tonight, as always. And uh, normally I'd say hello to Kyle from LaGrange Barber. But uh, next up, we'll go to my good friend in China Grove, North Carolina, and uh, basketball and all as we talk football. He's uh, at his son's basketball practice at the Bubba Rosenbaum. How are you, sir? Doing well, Dave. Yeah. Watching Riley's basketball practice and, you know, is back to school today. So it's been quite a quite a day, quite the long day after, you know, two and a half weeks of Christmas break, such as the life of a teacher. But very excited to talk some college football tonight. Uh, we have Ricky Bustle back on the show. You know, of course, former Louisiana head coach, Virginia Tech offensive coordinator. And we'll dive into the national championship game between Michigan and Washington. And then also just the current climate of college football and just the way things are. Um, you know, he's been coaching in the high school ranks and or currently is coaching the high school ranks. And we'll get his take on just the way the transfer portal and the, the current climate has affected the high school recruiting. Ricky, welcome into the show. Thank you, Coach, very much. It's great to be here. But, Bubba, I want to make sure you know I'm not teaching. I'm only doing the football part of it. So I don't even might get, think I'm out there uh, uh, teaching them kids. Boy, I'm, that's, that's not for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just, just referring to myself as far as the teaching. But uh, with, obviously, you, you coaching, I just wanted to get your take uh, here in a little while just on yeah. um, high school recruiting and just the way the transfer portal has impacted that. Yeah. Yeah, coach. With uh, with that very thing, we're we're very excited about uh, for East Carolina's sake. It looks like uh, things are going very well. And Coach Houston was on our friend's show on ninety four three, the game this afternoon in Greenville uh, with Stephen Igo, and Igo had him on. And basically, the difference a year ago and now is our collective Team Boneyard. Give a shout out to Hank Hinton and Company, TeamBoneyard.org. Um, because they've stepped up, Coach. They've raised a lot of money. And last year, we didn't even have a chance to open the door and talk to the guy. And now this year, the everybody wants to come to East Carolina. So it's a very exciting uh, time. And I like I've said to people many before, before, many times before, if you're an old dog, you better learn the new tricks. And the new tricks, one of them is the transfer portal, and the other one is NIL. No doubt about it. This... You know, for old coaches like me, I mean, this is a nightmare. I saw it coming when I was a head coach at Louisiana. Uh, you know, they every spring you go to the beach over there with all your conferences in Southeast, everybody does. And you vote on these issues. And we always voted against it being a mid-major. And, you know, we saw, we knew what was going to happen if, you know, this – and we knew it was coming. I, we just – kept fighting it off and fighting it off. And, you know, uh, obviously it passed because, I mean, I felt like 
you know, we were going to be a farm team for the power five schools. Right. And, and, and I mean, our best players and just to, I mean, there's examples everywhere, but when uh, Billy uh, Napier, who was coaching there sometime after me, when he went to Florida, he took like five kids from Louisiana's team. And, um, and I, I say he took, you know, those kids wanted to go with him, but it's, it's just, it's just too easy to leave now. You know, I don't know the answer to it. Boy, I, I think about it. But, you know, we developed at that level, you develop a lot of really good football players that can play for other people, the big power five. They weren't, they might have been recruited a little bit by them, but, you know, they weren't quite tall enough or quite whatever to be offered a scholarship by the uh, big school like that. But all of a sudden, a year, two years, three years later, you know, that kid's grown more. He's all of a sudden, you know, he's all conference two years in a row, whatever. And those guys are uh, making – and I don't blame them. You know, I mean, it's it's there. So if they have an opportunity to to go and play for a bigger school, I understand that. Boy, as a, as a head coach, it's a headache. If you're not at one of those big schools. Welcome into the – from the – he's got an apartment in the transfer portal, Matt Semenza. Matt uh, – What's you, up, guys? Yeah. You know, uh, you you saw it again today, Matt, uh, with uh, the pickups we're getting. Uh, it's definitely, I know it's uh, still early, but things are a lot better uh, this year, uh, a year later. Oh, absolutely. And really quick before we start, Dave, I just want to say, uh, Coach Bustle, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, I, I've watched your work for a long time. I, I had an opportunity to play against your Virginia Tech teams, and you guys were always hard-nosed, disciplined teams. You did a great job there. So thanks again for coming on and um, pleasure to have you. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's really, it's, it's unbelievable guys with this, with this transfer portal. And, you know, I, I just feel like what you're going to see over time, you're going to see more and more coaches go to the NFL because I think a lot of coaches just don't want to deal. It was hard enough just to get you know, run a program, make sure players are going to classes and staying on top of things. But now when you have to pay players and, yeah. you know, at the drop of a hat players, you know, there's just no loyalty anymore. Players just want to, you know, head out and go to another program as quick as possible. So I I don't know if I'd want to do it anymore, but um, it, it certainly is a different world, guys. Well, you make a good point. I got a, I got a, a kid playing and I won't, I won't say the school or the name because you, you guys will know who it is. But he was a head coach in college at a big, big uh, Power Five school, and then he went in the NFL for a couple of few years, and then came back to college as a not as a so much a position coach, a administrative position or what have you. And my young man that's playing there talked to him about being a head coach in college again. He said, "No way! So I'm going to go back to the NFL." So, I mean, the point you make, Matt, is exactly right. And, you know, the thing is, the NFL can only take so many coaches. There's going to still be college coaches everywhere. You know, and when guys get a chance, I think, to get away from this thing and, and, and do something in the NFL, and, you know, that, and, and it's hard to get in the NFL. It's not easy. I mean, there's a lot more college coaches uh, in the world or in the country than there are NFL coaches. But these other leagues, 
you know, they're going to try to get in some of those possibly if they last. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a tough deal. Boy, you, I don't know how you build a, a program at Louisiana at middle Tennessee, you know, and, um, cause you, and I understand that you're getting some transfer portal guys too. Um, I don't know from what I've been talking to some of the guys, they're getting guys, but they're not getting as good a guy as what left them, you know? Yeah. And so it's, it, that's, it's that's a challenge. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 it's a tough deal. You know, we, I, I saw, I, we saw this coming years ago as a, as a major. So, uh, and the, the thing that I hate, you know, I hate a couple of things, but, um, <laughs> you know, we close it up here. Right. And then we open it up again in the spring. You know, so right. a guy's not happy in the spring where he's at. It's just, it's. It, I think. I think. And then all this money that we're giving kids. I and I won't again. I won't say a name, but we had a young lineman that played for us at, at a high school that I've been volunteering at, and he went to a mid major, started the last two years. He's going to a power five school, but he told me what one school offered him is crazy. And I wonder right. what the school that got him offering, but cause I know that school very well. So, um, you know, and I mean, I've got some, some, some thoughts on that and I don't know if we have time to talk about them or not, but and it's probably not right, but it's just an opinion. I mean, if we're going to be like the pros and let's be the pros and let's put a cap on every power five school, whatever that may be, it may be 50 million, it may be 1 million or whatever, but in the end, they've only got so much every year to give a kid. Now, and then they got to decide how much are we going to give that kid? Cause now they get in competing with the other schools. They have the same amount of money, you know, so at least they're competing. So maybe, you know, when things are equal again, if you're both offering him, you know, 250,000, then, you know, it gets back to, you know, the coaching staff, the school, the academics. Because right now, those things that we used to sell them on, it's not even a blip on their radar anymore about academics and, and, and you know, weight rooms and all those kind of things. But I, I think there's something to having a cap. Again, it's just my opinion. There's people who shoot holes in it. That, but each T, each T, and then the, then the mid, mid schools also have a cap. It's not near as big as the power five schools, but at least we get schools competing and they've got to decide how much money I'm going to give Joe, how much money I'm going to give that quarterback or whatever, because eventually they're going to run out of money. So they, they've got to you know get back and it gets into at least a competitive recruiting thing where right now it's not competitive. So many of these kids are going to the highest dollar. And right. I, to me, that's not, there's no competitive going on there uh and then you know another thought and i'll make it quick but maybe even put uh i'm gonna use the word cap but uh how much they can pay a player you know if 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 they're going after the same quarterback and the max we can pay play pay a player is x number of dollars you know i'm not going to offer them that right away maybe but again I can only give him so much. And, it, and again, every school has got the same situation in the power five. 
they all want to offer him 250,000, fine. There's somebody else back there that's not going to get as much later on. But, you know, at least there's some kind of, because I, you know, I, I think the NCAA just flat lost control. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah. And it's like, least, you know, do they even... it gets competitive again as far as who can out recruit who's got the facilities and who's, you know, the academics come back in. Cause I don't, I don't think right now that's near what it used to be. Not at all. In fact, Matt and I joke up and it's like a running joke, especially behind the scenes on this. I lost you guys. Yeah. Can you hear me coach? Yeah, I can now. Okay. We were saying that we as a running joke. We always say that the term student athlete, you know, it's a joke to hear student and athlete uh, together. Uh, you were talking about coaching. Uh, we I saw an article today, coach, with former East Carolina head football coach uh, Skip Holtz. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking about he's had like five group of five offers, and he would much rather stay with the Birmingham Stallions. He's won two USFL championships back-to-back he's yeah. going into the ufl the combined league for those who don't know right. usfl and xfl i'm sure everybody that we have smart listeners and viewers so um but he would rather stay that for the very reason of he's got top talent coach he doesn't have to worry about nl and nil right. and all that he's got like all-star teams basically these coaching so and those guys want to make it to the league so of course they're not going to be I'm sure 99% of them, there's always one knucklehead, as you know, all of us yeah. have coached on, yeah. on the show. Um, but they want to play, and they want to earn a spot in yeah. the NFL, so he wants to be there. And, uh, Coach, uh, it's just great. In fact, uh, Shell Powell, by the way, one of our great listeners from the Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina, Coach, mm-hmm. um, he makes a great point. He says he thinks Harbaugh is headed to the NFL because of what Matt – was talking about earlier, and I I 100% agree. I think Michigan yeah. – we'll get into that in just a second, but my pick has been all year long, Michigan's win the national championship. Harbaugh is going to go to maybe my team uh, that's uh, suffering and suffering each year. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe his name was rumored for the Panthers, but I, I don't even think that he's that desperate. He would stay at Michigan over the Panthers, but – uh, coach, what do you think about that? Somebody like Harbaugh, you think he goes to NFL, back to the NFL because of all the problems he's had with recruiting issues and, of course, NIL and all that? I, I don't think there's any question because I think Coach Harbaugh has always, you know, he's an NFL kind of guy, kind of type of guy, I guess. And, you know, he's been there and, he's and they, you know, he came back. But I, I guarantee you that, the NCAA, all this stuff he's, he, he's had to go through and going through, you know, with, with one say of yes, he can he can end that, you know, and be gone to the NFL because they don't give a crap, you know, if you all that all that stuff he's done in recruiting or guys and and, and I just yeah it, it it's gotten to be I think a real pain for a lot of coaches. I, mean, I had I had a coach tell me uh, last night. You know, he had, he was actually off calling me, asking me if I was would be interested in coaching, being an offensive coordinator, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, you know, we got to talk, and I, and I told him, you know, I, I don't know. I said, but and I said, it's not where you're at, not who you're with. I said, it's all this NLI and, uh, and you know, all this stuff. Because this is what's happened. 
guys that are in the program, they, some of them aren't leaving because they're not playing. They're leaving because they think they can get more money somewhere. I mean, I look at a couple of starters right here at Georgia, a linebacker and uh, I think uh, <clears throat> a wide receiver or something, maybe defensive back. But, I mean, what the heck are they leaving for? You know, I mean, they're, just, they're one of the top schools in the, in the country. <laughs> and they're leaving. Right. But they, they, they haven't found out. And, and don't tell me that these kids aren't talking to – everybody says legally, well, they can go back and talk to their, their high school coach. That – That'll happen, but they got somebody. I'm, I'm gonna call them their agent, but that's not what they are, I guess. But they talking to somebody that's that's panning them out there and, and putting feelers out for guys. Yeah, it's craziness. Uh, you have, uh, I know you were referencing some situations earlier. You know, not calling names this time. You know. I'll, you know, we certainly will call names because this is public knowledge and, you know, this has transpired here in the last week or two. You know, you have Trevor Etienne, a tremendous running back for the University of Florida, leaving to go to Georgia. Just yeah. th things you would have never thought about seeing, you know, guys that are having a ton of success at very proud programs, leaving for other proud programs, or in some cases, you know, less proud programs, you know, like a, like a uh, Kyle – McCord uh, going from Ohio okay. State to Syracuse. You know that that thing at the end. I mean, I mean that's a perfect example. What does Georgia give them that Florida does? Academically, it's all good. Team, it's all good. What What in the world do we think <laughs> that it could be? You know, it's not a new pair of shoes. It's not a better looking swoosh or or whatever. You know, it's uh, it's just it's crazy. And and like I said, the NCAA has lost control. They have and you know, all these tests we used to take as coaches. We had to take these recruiting tests every year so we knew how to recruit, knew what was legal. And of course, the the, the um, fans and the boosters was a big part of that test. And they're not even taking the test anymore because they've, they've given the uh, the keys the, uh, or the keys to the jailhouse to the, to the <laughs> you know to all the boosters because they can get involved now. You they know? were yeah, they, it's out in the open, Coach. You remember the thirty by thirty, uh, thirty for thirty rather uh, with uh, SMU with the death penalty and oh, the yeah. Pony Express. Yeah, I mean, I remember that, and I didn't. I was a kid when that was going on. But I remember that uh, the Southwest Conference, and it was so funny when I remember vividly on that documentary for 30 for 30, they were like, even the governor is giving money <laughs> to mm -hmm. get players. I think it was the governor of Texas. Um, but now it seems that what was a death penalty for SMU is now fair game. Johnny Manziel had to sit out because of autographs sure. a decade ago. I mean, think about Johnny Manziel and his NIL and – uh, uh, you look at um, Reggie Bush uh, at USC, and you know we could go on and on and on. But uh, I think it's all this stuff has been going on. It's just now what was illegal and people frown upon. Now it's it's anything goes. Yeah, but you know, but, I mean, but there's some schools that can't that are in the Power Five that can't match other people. There's still going to be differences, you know, and. Um, and I'm not, I, you know, I, I don't know all the budgets of all schools and all that stuff, but when, and that's that, I mean, that's not even in the budget. So I mean, they got to get that from somewhere else. 
but there are schools that can't raise the same kind of money that their competitors do, you know, in, in, the, in the league. And uh, that's what I'm saying. I think, I, I think there's some, something to do with a cap somewhere that makes them all, makes them all equal again. And, you know, if, if one school wants to give the top dollar to a guy, then he does it, you know, but some other people aren't going to get it. It's, it's crazy. It's just absolute. Coach, I wanted to ask you on a slightly different note. Um, you know, obviously you're a longtime coach at Virginia Tech. I always really appreciated the the matchup, you know, that 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 out of conference matchup or even back to the days when we were both independent. Um, what were your thoughts on that matchup? You know, obviously we're, we're not going to be playing anymore because of, you know, just some of the modern ways of college football. But, you know, what, what were your thoughts on that matchup? Where did you play again? I played at East Carolina. I played linebacker. They, they still got football. I just wanted to make sure. I'm just picking with you because I actually <laughs> no, I actually coached there for three years, and I enjoyed three years right there. I think it's a good football program. But yeah, I, you know, I mean, that was always a tough game for us. Uh, I know uh, going to going to uh, what to say? It was say Ficklin. No, it's not. Is it? Yeah, it's that now. It's Dowdy Ficklin. Okay. But, uh, you know, going there was tough to play. And always thought that that was going to be one way of a program one day. You know, we we caught it when it just came out. Pat Dye just left, and it just came out of uh, the Southern Conference, I believe, and jumped into uh, Independent. And that was a bear. I mean, I remember it, uh, uh, at, at uh, Virginia Tech, we sold – I know one game – we were supposed to play Florida State at home, and they gave the university enough money to play it in Orlando. And, you know, those are things that were going on because, I mean, just because schools like us in East Carolina didn't take needed money back when we got there. And, you know, but East Carolina always needed money. And, uh, you know, it's a – but it was a great battle. I mean, and and I don't know. I don't remember. I know one. I still remember one of my worst nightmares is we uh, we were down there on a foot line against East Carolina in, at our stadium, and I had a backup quarterback play playing because my starter in in pregame had a loose cartilage and it stuck between his kneecaps, so he couldn't play and all that stuff. But we had had a check on the goal line if certain look. Uh, you know, we were going and check, and of course, my starter knew if we got down to the one, we wasn't checking Jack. You know, whatever I called, we was gonna run. And but my backup then, and we got down there, and he checked that thing off, and it was a little little flip pass thing, and he threw it right to that East Carolina guy, and I think he went 103 yards. I can't remember if it's 100, 102, 103, whatever it was. And we, I think we had that lost this game for us, but. Uh, that was always a good, good, good rivalry. Enjoyed playing them. Dave, you're on mute. Sorry about that. Uh, I I, the, do that Twenty. <laughs> that would be great, wouldn't it? Twenty eighteen. Uh, we had some issues between the two schools, and uh, it's just a disappointment. Uh, I love that rivalry coach. And, um, I would just say the fans disappoint me 
um, and also the administration at Virginia Tech uh, in Blacksburg because great school. We love the rivalry, and we want it back, and they always want to make it like that. Well, we're supposed to win that game, and when we don't win that game, then we hear about it, and I think it's uh, the world we live in now with the rivalries and having close those two schools or you can drive in a few hours from Greenville to Blacksburg, vice versa. Um, and so I don't yeah. want to sound like I'm negative about the school. I'm just frustrated that they just canceled all those games on us. Uh, we had an unfortunate situation with a bad chancellor, and uh, we'll leave it at that, um, <laughs> but uh, that said things that he shouldn't have said, and the athletic director said things he shouldn't have said uh, as far as at Virginia Tech. But we need to have that rivalry back. You know, when you look at it, um, when you look at it as far as Hokie Nation, uh, Virginia Tech comes to our games at Dowdy Ficklin, we go up there at Lane Stadium. So, I mean, I don't understand why you wouldn't, especially when especially when you're selling tickets. Both fan bases no, care no about doubt. the game. No doubt. There was no question wherever we played, there was going to be a big crowd there. Because back when we first started uh, playing East Carolina, you know, I mean, we weren't selling out our own stadium at the time. We have, you know, we'd have good crowds, but we hadn't uh, started all that bowl run or anything either. Not when, not when we, we, I was there. So, but we were always going to travel well. We always have, and you know, there's no question East Carolina. But when you, to me, I mean, that's why you know, I, I always love. I mean, I know Virginia was a was a rival, but boy, you talk about a short, quick ride and play a big game and leave and or do whatever you want to do. And East Carolina was not any different as far as, you know, a good short, it wasn't a long, long drive. And because most games you can't, you know, it takes a long time to get to them. Especially when we got into big East. I mean, you're, you know, you're trying to fly all over the place. Hey coach, I wanted to tell you that when we had the regional at, uh, in Charlottesville with East Carolina and UVA, I was talking to the gentleman there and I said, you know, the both programs for baseball were good, and we were talking, and he was in security, and he told me that, uh, he said, we're not worried about you guys. Now, he said, now, he said, the only time we ever have to worry about anything is Virginia Tech, Virginia. <laughs> he said, now, if Virginia Tech and Virginia play, that's a whole other story, a whole other ball game. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it was always good crowds, and, I mean, you know how them games can go, so. And it took us a while before we could ever beat Virginia. But once we started beating them, we kept beating them. It, you know, it started getting uglier. So, and there were some rough times after the game on the field, too. So, Ricky, um, you know, taking a look at it uh, here, you got Johnny Robertson chime in on Facebook with a question or comment, rather. He says, Coach Bustle, congratulations. On Marista Chazo getting into the Hokie Hall of Fame. I used to play basketball with him. He was genuinely a nice guy. He started the Virginia Tech run of great quarterbacks, and he couldn't have done it without you. If you, if you would talk a little bit about uh, the Chazo. Yeah, Mar Maurice uh, was from Bassett High School in um, in in Martinsville, and he was a really really good athlete. Uh, and you know that was my recruiting area, so. Uh, you know, I, I went to see him every chance I got, you know, what was legal, what was not legal. I, I was doing, I mean, I, I wanted to go see him. I watched him play basketball. I watched him, uh, go to class. I you know, everything. And the, and the head coach there had been really good to me while I was, re re before I ever came there because 
I went to that high school before they had an athlete and, and continued after. But Maurice, um, he really decided between us and Virginia. And I just always felt like we were going to, we, we were just going to get him and, uh, but, and we did. So he was very athletic. He was a good, smart guy. He had a great personality, man. That's why he, uh, sold cars for so long. Cause he, he worked <laughs> in dealerships for, uh, uh, for, I forget who, who he worked for, but he did that for the longest time. But he could have sell, sell uh, ice to Eskimos, but <laughs> that's just the kind of personality he had, you know, that uh, people like, like to hang around him. You know, you have fan day. Uh, they were, you know, he was going to be right in the middle of them. And, but he was just a talented guy that, that got started. And he really, uh, uh, I, I got on his bad side when he was a senior because I had left and gone to South Carolina and Uh-oh. I, had, then I, and I only went one year and I came back to Virginia tech and he called me some bad names for leaving him. So, oh, man. But, he, but he was just, I mean, he, he really was, he was the type of player and, and we continue to get better quarterbacks. And, uh, but he really did some good things while he was there and helped us offensively do things that you, that you want to do. And, and uh, he was just, I'm just really proud of him. No doubt, Coach. Um, we have from the Queen City. Let's get Shell from Charlotte. Uh, go ahead, Shell. See if we uh, we may we'll have to come back and check on him in a second. All right, let's go, uh, Bubba. I know. Yeah, I got something, Dave. While you while you're uh, figuring that out with the technical difficulties with Shell, appreciate you calling in, Shell. But uh, now, as far as um, that era is concerned, and I, we've discussed this a little bit before, I think, Coach, when we've had you on, but um, you know, obviously you and that staff on Coach Beamer, y'all, um, at least Coach Beamer, ha- ha- y'all had been there, you know, what, about five, six years, and the 92 season was a very rough one. Um, you won, I think, two games, but then from 93 on, uh, and I know you had that brief one year down at South Carolina, but just the amount of success that Virginia Tech had, it was it was crazy the turnaround and um you know you know the that Virginia Tech administration stuck with Coach Beamer and and that staff and it certainly uh more than paid off. Well at that time, you know, actually you, you're right, you, you have an exact account of it. We thought as assistant coaches we were probably done that last year. And you know but you know, and I think, you know, maybe Coach Beamer being a graduate of Virginia Tech probably saved us um, or, you know, say, yeah, saved us for one more year. Coach made some hard, couple hard changes on the staff and so forth. And um, kind of uh, that was my first year being a coordinator after that season uh, or after that bad year. I knew and I knew what we had to do and and we were fortunate enough to um get in that first bowl and the rest is history. But uh, you know, it just it just was completely a snowball for us to start with an independence bowl and play in a couple more bowls. All of a sudden you know, you're playing in a major bowl, then you're back to to another bowl next year and and it just and it obviously it helped us get players. Uh, the good thing was we wasn't paying nobody, so no, and nobody was. So uh, we were all right there. 
got some really, really good players. Um, so, yeah, it, it, and, and there's a great group of alumni players that really um, know how much I appreciate them because we were on Facebook a lot of times and, you know, they get together at games and, and, and take pictures of the, the old guards, so to speak. But they're, they're the ones that really were a foundation to our football teams. And some of them took some lumps getting there. Uh, but for that group of kids that finally made our young men that uh, turn that corner, like I said, once we went to the Independence Bowl and beat Indiana, and, uh, you know, things just, I mean, like I said, it's a, uh, the rest is history because, uh, you know, you went from there to all these bowls and playing in a national championship and, you know, having a chance to win that thing. So um, it's, it's you know, and I, and I hope that they can, Brent can get it back, uh, you know, up there a little bit. I think he took over a, a rough program for him. He was on my staff at Louisiana. Matter of fact, several coaches on that staff were on my staff. But um, I really pulled for him. I dropped my note once in a while. And, and uh, so, yeah, it was it was a time. I mean, it was a golden time in hokey football. And, you know, you reach that pinnacle. They have a chance for it. And, and like, I, you know, a lot of coaches say, you know, at least you had a chance to play for one. You know, I've talked to guys that retired and don't, you know, never had a chance. So it was awesome. It really was. Yeah, guys, I was going to say, you know, I remember towards the end of Frank Beamer's career at Virginia Tech, there were a lot of people who, you know, as fans can get very impatient when things aren't going exactly right. A lot of people wanted to kind of run him off. And, you know, hey, as you see, sometimes when you make those changes, the grass isn't always greener and the program has never been the same since. So uh, you're exactly right. I mean, I mean, I was glad they hung in when because I mean, he didn't deserve anything, but go out on his terms, in my opinion. And I think he did that. And I know he had to put up with a lot of stuff. But, you know, the next group or whatever that took over that program, you know, it just went it, – and, and a program can go up and down. It can go down faster than it can get up. And and the program just dropped. Had a rough series with with that next group of coaching staff and so forth. And, right. Uh, you know, and, and, and like I said, Brent's taking over a tough situation that, uh, you know, I, I hate that for him because he's he's a good football coach and he's going to do a good job if they give him time. And, but, uh, you know, like I said, it's, 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 I mean, you can go down very fast and, and, and going up is so slow. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I really liked what I saw out of them the second half of this year. I, you know, I, yeah. I wasn't really impressed the last the last few years, and I think that something clicked halfway through this season, and I do think they're they're turning the corner and starting to make that climb back in, in a positive direction. So, hey, we shall see. But uh, yeah. they certainly yeah. finished pretty strong. They won the bowl game. If you yeah. know, I don't know how much merit there is anymore in winning a bowl game. <laughs> I know. But, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but, 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 hey, you know, at least you're moving in the right direction. Exactly. Exactly. And I, and I think they've solidified. I think the big thing that helped them this year was uh, solidified on a quarterback that really played well. I was, I was impressed with him. And I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but uh, he, he's, a, he's a good, good player. And I think that helped him a lot offensively. 
Yeah, well, he ran for about 200 yards in that bowl game against Tulane, and um, and the Hokies ran for it looked it's like the old days. Uh, he ran for about 300 340 yards. Yeah, they. they I, know, I mean, he, he did run the ball a lot in that game. I mean, but I mean, I watched him in a couple other games, and I think he's got the whole package, and he's going to really solidify them off. Because I don't know if they really had that guy, you know, the last few years or whatever. Coach, before we shift over and talk about this matchup on Monday night between uh, Michigan and Washington, you know, I know before when we had you on, you told us a tremendous recruiting story uh, about Michael Vick when you went to the 757 and, uh, you know, what it took to get Michael to Blacksburg. You know, do you have another story or two um, you know, from your time there in Blacksburg or, or perhaps in South Carolina that you can share from the recruiting trail? Well, there's there's always a story or two to be be uh, bumming around, and uh, but Michael was probably, you know, I'll tell you, you know, I don't know if y'all remember Jim Druckermiller. Yes, sir. De definitely remember him being with the 49ers. Yeah. Well, he, you know, they they had offered a, a scholarship to a guy at Fork Union. And I went over there to see him, and so I'm watching that the kid, the, a, a kid throw and so forth. And boy, I just didn't. He, he didn't excite me. He didn't excite me. And uh, and I and all of a sudden, or after a while, this other big kid comes in, and he starts throwing, and I'm watching, watching him throw. You know. Because well, if you remember, Will Fuhrer was the same way. He came out of um, Fork Union, and but Jim, you know, <clears throat> he ends up coming to Tech because that's who I wanted to offer, and that's what we did. And we had to back out of the other one, and of course, you know, he had a great career. But the thing that people don't know is Jim came in, and I'm trying to think who our senior quarterback was that was going to play that year um, might have been Will. But he came in, and I talked. We talked as a staff about him going back home and not going that that first semester to give him an extra year to play. Because I mean, we thought I thought he was going to be really, really good, and you know why? And, and he was going to redshirt. Maybe we had a junior quarterback that was doing well. That's what it was. We had a junior quarterback, so. You know, he was going to waste a year uh, if he stayed there. So he, I convinced him to go back home, which he did. And then he came back in January. And then when you look at his career, you know, he had a good, really good junior year. But it wasn't a number one draft pick type of year. And because of the extra year, he played as a senior. And he played lights out as a senior as a, as a pro-style quarterback. And obviously, you know, he was a uh, first round pick of uh, the 49ers. But, you know, nobody really knows that story. I guess it's not as funny as the other ones, but some because there's, but it's just, you know, nobody knew that he really just, and, and we could have lost him. He could have decided that while he was home, heck, I'm going somewhere else. All right, I'm going to go. Somebody could have recruited him, whatever. And because he wasn't bound to us when, when we didn't take him. And so he, he ended up going home for a semester. And coming back, thank goodness.
No doubt. Welcome in Kyle from LaGrange Barber. How are you? Nice. Do you have any up downs coach for, for Kyle coming in uh, for missing a good portion of the show? I call them worms. You know, you you just give them up downs, but now I give them worms and, you know, because, you know, you can't do so much those guys because, you know, you get uh, mom, and dad, mom and dad will yell. Uh, coach, I, uh, I believe I'd rather do up-downs than get worms. Well, the worms is you lay your nose on the goal line, put your hands behind your back, and you got to crawl. Okay, like, like an inchworm. I, I got it. <laughs> uh, like a worm, and I do it here at these high school kids. And I actually had to do two quarterbacks one time when they missed curfew. And I told him, oh, man. Uh, we were there at 530 in the morning. The weight coach did it, you know, got through running them for being late. late. I, I had to be there. And I put them down at the other end of the field, which is 90 yards. And they wormed. It took them an hour and 41 minutes to get to the other end. Wow. Oh, my God. And right now, you know, I give them 20 yards. You're going to be there for 30, 35, 40 minutes. Even I don't want that to happen to Kyle. No. <laughs> <laughs> Those aren't fun. Those are fun. I, I propose the breaded pork chop for Kyle. You guys know what the breaded pork chop is? No. What is that, Matt? That's, that's uh, you know, we had an old coach, uh, Ricky. Coach Jeff Connors was his name. I, you might, you might, might remember him. Uh, but he put a Drink sand coat. pit in, uh, uh-huh. like, like an old school sand pit. And when you – you know, if you were late for practice or whatever it was, and your punishment is he would get you in that sand pit. And, you know, you'd get a little sweaty, and by the time you got, you got out, you'd look like a breaded pork chop. So uh, that's what we got to get Kyle in there. <laughs> well, I tell you what, go, go out and try putting your nose on the goal line and go go 20 yards with your hands behind your back. You can't roll, and you just got an inch long, and I would tell you to keep your shoulder pads on. <laughs> I would recommend you have a your shoulder pads on. If not, you're gonna have them not them shoulders gonna be burnt. Coach, I don't know if it's been uh brought up yet or not. I'm sorry for joining the show late, but uh I heard you guys uh, talking about the Hokies as I came in and um you know you have your background there and uh Louisiana, yeah. et cetera. And if this has been discussed, I apologize. But NIL, um how how do you think NIL has affected Virginia Tech's program? Um, as it's coming to fruition the last three years or so, you know, NIL really has dominated college football. Just from a standpoint of, you know, their fan base, you know, their alumni, you were there for so long. Do, do you think that, that there's the money there to compete? Um, you know, obviously all the power five schools have money now, but right. you know, some have more than others. How, how do you think Virginia Tech, in terms from a financial standpoint, it will do and will continue to do in this modern era of NIL and the same with Louisiana uh, from, from the group of five level. Well, that's a great question. Uh, if I don't know if Virginia tech has the money again, they're going to compete for a great player. You know, you, you put Michael Vick back out there and you're going to compete against everybody in the country. I don't, I don't think, you know, that they're, you know, that they, they have the money to compete with whoever, Georgia or whoever that wants that kid, that great kid. Uh, and there's going to be some probably that aren't Michael Vicks and, and their other really good players. And again, I mean, I, I don't know where it comes from, but I don't know where the money comes from, from some of these schools like a Virginia Tech. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, you know, what fund is that? Uh, 
you know, just where does it come from? What boosters and, you know, how many boosters, you know, Blacksburg's a very small, small area. Uh, it's not like you have a, uh, some, some big business opportunities or operations around there that kids can, you know, go work at the car wash for $200,000 or something like that. Um, so I, I, I think it's a slow, that's why it's, I think it's a slow build for Brent. Um, it's not just about out recruiting somebody. It's not just about out working somebody, building a better relationship, having a better weight room, having a better whatever. It's, it's not about that anymore. When, when you get into the type of players that you need to play against Clemson, to play against uh, North Carolina and, and some of those teams in that conference, um, it's I, I don't know I don't I don't I don't know where the money's gonna come from to compete with some of and that's again that's one opinion I'm not at Virginia Tech anymore a couple of my guys that work for me are on over there and um so I'm, you know I I don't know no I I think it's and and then for Louisiana I mean they, there's no way they're gonna compete with any we would sign uh, we had. A running back that we signed, and I thought I would have bet money after I left his, left his mom and dad's house that we, you know, as good as we felt, he was going to go to Ole Miss. And in the end, his mother wanted him to come play for me and come play for a running back coach. And he ended up coming to Virginia Tech. <clears throat> he started as a freshman. He was one of seven running backs to go over a thousand yards. Uh, four years in a row, a hundred thousand yards in four years in a row. Um, he was up there with uh, Herschel Walker. Didn't do that, um, but there were some uh, great players in the record books that had done that. Marcus Allen and people like that that had won Heisman's. And you know, if that would have got into a bid more or something, there's no reason I think we could have got him. Um, but just on players that. You can actually compete for. I, I again, Louisiana, Lafayette has money. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a gas oil oil area. There's a lot of money in there, but it don't all of it go to the school by any means. Um, I again, that's why I said earlier that I think the mid majors ought to come under some type of cap as well as the the, the Power Five. Again, it's just my opinion, but where they have a limit. So they know each year how much they have to spend. And whatever, I don't know what that amount would be. But when they're competing against Arkansas State, they're competing against other mid-major schools, that they can go head-to-head with them because there's probably some schools in Texas that just have more money than than Lafayette or, or, I mean, I don't know how in the world Arkansas State would would get enough money. Right. You know, just just because of location and, so there's, I just think there's, to me, there's some limit to what those type schools can have for their budget for that year. There's a limit for the Power Five, and then it gets back to how much money you're gonna give them. And you know, me and you, me and me and Arkansas, or Louisiana, Arkansas State, or Georgia and Florida, or, or, or they're all giving equal money to to a kid. You know, and of course, Louisiana and them are, are a lower tier, but I mean, they're giving money to that kid they're fighting over. And I think that again, I think that's just you know that that at least 
gets them to compete a little more evenly. Coach from the Queen City, he was trying to we had some technical difficulties. He's going to ask via uh, via Facebook. She'll ask uh, Coach, what do you think about all these conference realignments? Uh, you know, I, I mean, we we had no control in Louisiana, and of course, Louisiana is still in the Sun Belt. But it it, it goes. I mean, it's all about, again about money and what the what the school those mid schools get the the major uh players in the power five those schools are coming in there because i mean i can't remember how much what they announced around here that georgia gets from being in the conference in the sec so when you look at texas coming in there and uh those, those other schools playing that they're moving because somebody's gonna move and they don't want to be caught behind left behind but they're also going and they will make more money than they've ever made and don't tell me that's not a factor no. Yeah, Florida State. Florida State's going to be the next uh, domino. The question is, where the, where are they going to go? Yeah, but it'll Florida be State it'll be that they're good enough to if somebody's going if they get an opportunity, pay, they're going to pay their way in. And you look at Notre Dame, Florida State, Clemson. I even think Miami. I'm starting to hear their name, uh, but the ACC as we know it is going to look way different. You know, they may survive, but uh, that's the conference that you have to keep your eyes on for, I think, for the, the dominoes to fall and everything to be. It's amazing. It's like a little board and everything. All these little pawns are all you think. It's like a chessboard. All these pawns are moving all around. It's hard to keep up with. It really is. And, and, and you know, I played at Clemson and I pulled for them and all that stuff. You know, I don't know how they would do going into SEC. <laughs> I don't know. You know, that's a, I think it's a great conference. Um, and that's where I, I, I'm i thinking that they are a Clemson or a Florida State's going to try to go. I don't know that, but uh, that's where I kind of see it. And, you know, they just, they, they, they going to get away from, uh, you know, being able to, to, to possibly pay for a national championship. Whereas they, you know, staying in the ACC, you know, you, you're supposed to be able to compete for that. And my thing is, Coach, uh, I don't know how the rest of the guys feel. If you're Clemson or Florida State, Clemson has been a little bit down considering their recent standards of right. winning national championships or being a national championship. It seems to me Oklahoma and Texas have a much harder road in the SEC than when they were in the Big 12. The thing is, Dave, and this is why, you know, besides the money factor for Florida State and Clemson, when you look at the new playoff format and you say 12 teams, and you, and you know you know each of the so-called Power Five champions are going to get in starting next year. The twelve-team format is only two years, so it, after those two years are up, if the uh, greedy powers that be, of the SEC and the Big Ten, uh, don't get at least you know I don't know eight of the twelve teams in the playoffs, they're probably going to change the format somehow. And I, I think it's I think eventually what we're coming to, and I think Florida State and Clemson know it, and same with Oklahoma and Texas. I think we're coming to a split. There's going to be two. It's going to be like the NFL. It's going to be like the AFC and the NFC. You're going to have the Big Ten and the SEC, and then you're going to have everybody else. And, and you're going to have those two conferences competing in something like the NFL, and then the rest of us, whoever's left and the rest of us, because you're going to have a bunch of ACC schools, et cetera, joining that mess. I, that's really what I think is going to end up happening, and I think that's why Florida State and Clemson are, are looking to get out. 
if they were to stick with the 12-team format beyond two years, and yeah, it would make a lot more sense in terms of getting access to the playoffs with that 12-team format to just stay in the ACC and try to win it. You have a lot better path, easier path, winning the ACC to make the playoffs in the 12-team format than you do trying to win the SEC. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, you're 100% right. I mean, I, I totally agree, and and that is going to happen. And, and my big thing is let's just get it over with. You know, we're just prolonging the inevitable. So, you know, that's the direction everything is heading towards. Let's just go ahead and get it over with. And, and you know, in terms of the 12-team playoff, I mean, that's absolutely the right way to go, in my opinion. And uh, But it is interesting how people use it against the, the so-called G5. You know, you saw Liberty get into the uh, the Fiesta this year, and obviously they got blown out against Oregon, and everybody says, look, see what happened? See what happened when you get a G5 team? But the reality is Oregon does that to about 90% of the teams out mm-hmm. there. Um, we saw that a few years ago when Cincinnati played Alabama in the playoff, and I don't remember what the final score was. I think it was like 27-6 to 6 maybe or something along those lines, but it was a very tight game. You know, in the third quarter, that, that was a very close game. And but everybody uses that against them. They say, hey, see what happens. But Alabama does that to everybody. So it's a tough position to be in. But um, there's no doubt, Kyle. I mean, that's the way it's going. I just hope they can, you know, they just get it done sooner than later. Yeah, rip the Band-Aid off all at one time instead of this little trickle effect of teams leaving conferences every other year. Let's just go ahead and do what we're going to do. You know, we, we everybody sees it out there. Everybody knows what they want to do. They know that they really want the, to be two, SEC, Big Ten. You know, both school or both schools, both leagues take go to twenty or thirty teams, forty teams, whatever ridiculous thing they want to do. Just go ahead and do it and get it over with. It comes down to ratings, and I don't. And, and I'll say this: it comes down to ratings. And if you think ESPN is hurting now on ABC, uh, just wait till they cut it to twenty teams, because the reason why. The reason why people watch now, realistically, East Carolina doesn't have a chance to be in the national championship. But we're all part of it. Yep. But we're all part of it. And if they were to actually, what they don't want, uh, Coach, and uh, I know I'm putting you in a difficult spot, but, um, <laughs> is I don't dislike college football and say that I love NFL more. But the one thing about the NFL I do like, if you win your division, you go to the playoffs. The problem with college football is they could be the number one sport. They're number two behind NFL. And the reason being is because people are greedy and they, you know, the Alabama fans, I'm sorry that you didn't, I'm sorry that you didn't make it in the national championship game. We would love to be in the national chip, uh, championship game, even if it was one time, like you were talking about coach. Sure. Um, so that's the thing. They don't want, they don't want, the, the giant killers that we used to be in East Carolina to come in and, oh, my gosh, Nick Saban's last game and East Carolina beats them, that kind of right. you know, upset. They don't want a Cinderella like the other other sports that we have upsets happen. And if they would learn that if you did have the upsets, that actually grows the game and they could actually make a lot more money. I'm hearing in the billions of dollars yeah. if they expand the playoff even more to, say, 16 teams. Well, I I, I agree with you. I, I think them, them the, the TV people, ESPNs, and ABC, they're going to have to – because, I mean, right now they have contracts of, of schools that if they leave, they're going to get money. And all, you know, they're going to 
They're going to have to just drop all that stuff. They're going to be involved with the alignment. They're going to be involved with who, who's, you know, who's on what side or what. They're going to be right in the middle of it, which that's it, it, business. You know, college football is not like it's business. It's a big business. And the, the, the TV drives so much money into it. So when it all happens and whether like the, the whoever was saying there about the two leagues and all that, the TVs are going to be part of that too. And uh, there's going to be a lot of money that, that, that's going out to a lot of schools. And boy, you just hope you can get in there and, and get some of that. And, and some schools will, will, will try to get into that and they shouldn't be. But they, they, you know, again, you get into some politics things, but but I, I, I could see something like that happen. You know, get what happens like that. Yeah, they, what happens? They just need to go ahead and, like somebody said, do it. You know, TV, because yeah. right now, again, if they start wanting to do it, then the TV people are going to say, well, you, well we're going to sue and get money that y'all owe us and all kind of stuff. Then we'll come in. But if they, everybody just drops your gloves, and starts meeting on this thing. And in a, in a couple of years, it could be done right. Maybe. I don't know. Well, they, they actually could. And uh, there are more schools that can't do what they're talking about. So they should sue the schools that are doing it. Uh, we, we've talked about that numerous times because yeah. it really is antitrust um, for sure. And hopefully we could talk all night about it, Coach. We wanted to talk about... Uh, right, Matt, we want to talk. Uh, I know you've been chomping at the bit. Let's talk the national championship game. Hey, I'm good. I'm good at talking about anything. I'm, I'm okay. Whatever you want to talk about. I, I, know, I know, Coach, but I know, uh, Matt, you want to talk about the excitement of Washington. And, man, Michigan has been like a heavyweight champion all year long. Uh, people are giving no credit, including talking about the cupcake non-conference schedule with those East Carolinas. I've heard that so much on national sports uh, talk there, Matt. Yeah, no doubt, fellas. This is a really exciting playoff. I mean, everything else aside, I think the four teams that got in, you know, it, it's been tremendous. The two games last weekend were awesome. The Rose yeah. Bowl, Alabama, Michigan, and that setting, what a game. Um, you know, and I think it's really come down to the two best teams, honestly, and you know, th this is going to be a really interesting matchup, guys. And 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 coach, I you know, I honestly believe that the quarterback for Washington, Michael Penix Jr., I think he's the best quarterback in the country. Uh, I really do. I, you know, a lot of people talk about the quarterback from USC, Williams. A lot of people talk about Drake May from North Carolina. But this kid, in terms of accuracy and arm strength and just command of the offense, I mean, I am beyond beyond impressed with him. Um, I'm not sure how much you've had a chance to see him play, Coach, but if you have, what are your thoughts on him? I Actually, it's funny. I, I've, I have seen a game or two, and I've seen highlights, and I know how highlights are and all that, but the, the game that I was watching today while I was uh, riding my bike in here and watching was uh, Washington versus Washington State. So, I, okay. you know, I just watched them and, uh, for the whole game, and there's, there's no doubt – he is explosive with what he does. Uh, I think they got a couple of really good wide receivers. Um, if they can protect him, you know, I think, 
I think he can make some noise in the game. I think he can because he's got a good relief. They don't, and they're not at least in the game I watched today. You know, they got their deep shots they're gonna take, but and they're not trying to fool nobody. I mean, they're gonna throw the football, and, and but they're gonna throw a lot of quick game, a lot of quick quick throws, which is absolutely awesome. I, I, I you know, I think that that helps him a lot. And you know, you can bring those blitzes if you want. They throw enough quick game to, you know, to, to warrant. I mean, to, to to you know, hurt you on that. Um, but I, I just, you know, I, I I just don't know. And I and I like the quarterback at uh, Michigan. I think he he's exactly what they need. He can, you know, they're gonna run the football. They're gonna pound you. and They're gonna muscle you. And, um, but he's gonna do do play action pass and get the ball downfield. And, and I watched him the other week because, you know, when when can you ever recall um, Texas and Alabama losing in the same day? You know? <laughs> That's a good point. Doesn't happen you know? very often. <laughs> um, so, you, you know, I watched him pretty closely, not knowing I was going to be on here then, but um, I, I, I hope they can protect him at uh, Washington. But he is a fine quarterback, and he he will throw some balls crazy. I I, I call him crazy just because I that's what I call him. But that just don't look like uh, you know he might throw it and not be close to anybody. But he can zip it, and and I, and I just he's good. He looked like he's to me he's a good athlete. He, he runs their offense extremely well, and if they can get them a little bit of running game and keep throwing the quick game and then taking their shots because I think that's what they do. Um, you know, it's just going to be tough against that defense in Michigan. Coach, we, uh, there was a lot of talk of Alabama fatigue, Clemson fatigue, where people were just sick of seeing Clemson and Alabama play for the national championship. Uh, then it was, you know, a lot of people were getting tired of Georgia. Do you think it's good for the game of college football to have a Michigan-Washington national championship? They're blue bloods. No, no doubt. One. Yeah. yeah. No, no doubt. I, I mean – I know exactly how Washington feels to to the inch. Right. We at Virginia Tech, you know, again, we, when were we ever gonna get another shot at this? You know, and I know exactly how they feel and what they're up against, because we were underdogs, they're underdogs. Um and we ended up playing a, a heck of a game and doing a lot of good things, lost it, but uh, you know. They're going, they're going to test Michigan, you know, because I in, in that conference that Michigan didn't play, and a lot of people, you know, run the football well, and and I don't know that these guys run it well, but I think they run it enough to, because I mean, like I said, they like to throw it around. But um, I think it's great having two new teams in here. Um, I just and like I said, I know exactly how Washington feels. I know how their kids feel. I know how. To, how do the coaches feel? Um, Michigan, you know, it seems like they're always doing good stuff. You know, you don't hear about Washington very much. Not, not, not as much as Michigan. And one thing I'm interested to see is when the ratings come out, um, not having a Southern school, uh, you know, playing in the uh, national championship game, no Alabama, no Clemson, no Florida State, no Oklahoma, no Texas, nobody from the South. It's the Northwest and the Midwest. It, it, I, I'm going to be interested to see how the ratings are with – with what, you know, it feels like the South drives so much of college football. 
Yeah, you know, I, 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 you're probably right from the standpoint of, you know, the, the, the fan support that they get and, you know, and, and draw. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, you know, it, there's going to be there's gonna be a whole lot of people watch that football game, though. Uh, um, the, you know, some a bunch of Alabama people would love to see Michigan get beaten. You know, them Texas folks would like to see Washington get beat, so that'll fill it up a little bit, I guess, but. Yeah, I saw something interesting today where um, just talking about ratings where, you know, these meaningless college bowl games that these players don't want to play in anymore. There was not a single college bowl game aired by ESPN that has less than 2 million viewers. Um, that's pretty impressive considering uh, the way some of these bowl games are treated now, even by players. Yeah, I think, you know, I would have thought, you know, myself, because I heard people talking about it over – the break and Christmas and all that kind of stuff that, that they weren't, you know, the, I, I would think it may have hurt ticket sales. You know, there's right. been a lot of people watch bowl games on TV. I've watched a ton of them and I'm yeah. a football guy, but you know, the, the people that watch football games, watch football games and they yeah. don't watch a bunch, but I, I would like to, I would wonder what kind of figure that, you know, that they come up with how many tickets were sold. And and, and I know universities have to buy certain allotments and all that kind of stuff. But I've heard people say uh, that they, they just weren't going to go because, you know, it's just not enough to be players are not the same. And it's a shame, a shame for that. But um, seems like we could fix that with NIL. If you're going to have NIL, um, why can't we make it uh, to where, you know, hey, you, you got to fulfill your commitments and that includes playing in the bowl game to get that last NIL check. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I mean, I'm for anything. And I, and you know, and the other side of it, I, I do understand top prospects that, and they have agents by then that are, you know, that, I mean, they could get hurt. And all of a sudden, a uh, number one pick loses, uh, you know, whatever. You know, I, I right. know all that. I, so that's why I don't know the fix, but something that makes them stay in there uh to because i mean it, it's just i mean you know it's, it's, there's just so many players around georgia here I, every day i pick up a paper somebody's leaving i, I mean, asked coach, i asked david blackwell this um i'm sure you're familiar with coach blackwell uh a couple years ago uh maybe it was last year actually and um you know, coach uh, coach blackwell out in missouri now um as a uh, defensive analyst but uh, i asked him a couple years ago did he think if we took the majority of the bowl games that weren't um, these the, the New Year's Six Bowls or the playoffs and moved them all to pre-Christmas, um, did he think more players would uh would 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 stay and not opt out? And he actually agreed. He he thinks he said uh, he thought that that would help. Do you agree with that, or do you think it wouldn't make a difference? If they did that and moved that early signing date back. I think you definitely get some relief from that. That signing date is right there, and, and a lot of guys are moving through that thing. I don't, I don't know. You know, some of them that are on the, I mean, some of them know they're going in the portal, no matter what, no matter right. when you play the game. But there's some of them that, well, if I could have a good game in the in the bowl game, you know, I'd be more video playing against, you know, that kid from Liberty for playing against uh, Oregon or whatever it is. Right. But I think that the ones that are 
got all the video, got the, you know, they've got enough video of themselves. They've, you know, they're all commerce. They're, they're, they're whatever. They've led the team in titles, all that. that. That's, you know, I think that would hurt TV. I don't know if you could see, see that many games. You know, and again, I think TV drives a lot, but, you know, you tried to put that many bowls. It's 42, I think, bowl, bowl games or something. Right. So you're, I'm talking to you. T- if you take away the play, the playoff games in the year six, you'd be talking about playing roughly 25 bowl games, I guess, prior to Christmas. So it's a lot. But when you yeah. look at every Saturday, how many games are played and people manage to watch all those, I mean, yeah. I mean you know, so I, and I don't know. It's just, just I, I think trying it, I to know. think outside the box. Yeah, I know. That, I know. It's a yeah. damn gum. Uh, uh, it's it, it, it's it, that's why I'm, I got a prediction that it, when the Power Five gets to gets all what get it all straightened out, they're gonna leave the NCAA. That's my opinion. The NCAA yeah. is gonna run somebody else. I, I agree with you. I don't think it'll be a Power Five though. I still think it'll be a Power Two at most. A Power Three. Whatever, but uh, you know, but I I do think yeah, you know, it'd be hard to watch a lot in games. But I don't know. You know, you're gonna watch them. That'd be, I don't, I don't know. That'd be a lot of ball games. <laughs> I think, and yeah, ultimately, like I was talking about earlier for the regular season, I think you're really hurting your audience because of the fact that they, they're, they're going to be people like me. I won't watch. I, I can tell you right now, I won't watch. If, if my school is like basically kicked out of Division One, the top level, I'm going to say forget it. I know people may. I know I'll, I'll, well, I'll watch what East Carolina, whatever level we are, whatever that new level. No, would no, be. no, no. I'm saying, yeah, yeah. I would, yeah, I wouldn't watch the highest level. No, I would, I won't either. I'm I'll, talking about the games that normally. Yeah. Okay, let's say for example, Kyle and um, and Matt and myself and Bubba. You know, like after East Carolina game, coach, we're home. We're watching the one of the big games or multiple games, and we're texting each other in a group text. Well, if East Carolina is not in that quote unquote league or Division, division division yeah i know but if they're not anymore then forget about it. i'm not watching i don't know how many people feel the same but i think I'll, the majority i think the majority of group of five fans would, would feel that way i think uh i think you have that right now with with a lot of fcs fans i you know i wonder how many north dakota state fans watch uh watch fbs football for example um but i, I think it would be the same kind of thing if that split happens i think you you're going to watch whatever division your team's in. And I think yep. that, that's where I think that uh, those power schools will regret it a little because they're going to lose some audience. On Saturday nights, uh, the big ABC game that's supposed you know, to say ESPN, ABC, I watch that game religiously. I watch that pretty much unless we have a night game. I'm going to watch that game. And then the guys will say, hey, are you watching this game? And I'll flip over to see what they're talking about. But – Otherwise, I think that's an element that they're not taking in consideration as uh, eyeballs is what drives the trade. And I don't think that they realize how many people they could potentially lose. But I, I wonder how many people, and I don't know how, when they figure the TV viewers, because I'm not smart enough to know how they do that. But how many people left that Florida State game earlier than? Oh, than yeah. You know? I, I flipped it over to the uh, I flipped yeah. it over to the Arizona Bowl on the CW and watched Toledo yeah. play Wyoming right. because uh, the, the, the Georgia the Georgia Florida State game was horrible. The Toledo Wyoming game was fantastic. I felt sorry for him. I, it was hard to watch. And Kirby Smart, he was talking about that very thing in the in the you know the post game. It's like you know he took out a lot of the guys 
what was it, third string guys, like in the second quarter, were playing. And he's like, hey, those guys want a spot for next year, you know. And and he's he was upset about the very fact of kids opting out on both sides, but especially Florida State, because when you hear George. Yeah, I think uh, Dave froze up on us there, Coach. But uh, uh, he, he was talking about opt-outs and uh, the amount of opt-outs for Florida State and right. Georgia having to play uh, – Go, going deep into the bench because of the amount of players Florida. Did it yeah. surprise you that Florida State had that many guys opt out? You know, I know they were disappointed about not playing for the national championship, but you know, you're still playing Georgia, who won the national championship last year, who's been number one all season long. Yeah. You, you, to me, you still had a lot you could have proved. To me, by you know, if, if you if you, I, I, my mindset, and I, I don't, you know, I'm I'm not a college football player. I'm not an 18, 19, 21 year old. But my mindset would have been, I would have felt like even we had even more to prove. You know, I, it just shocks me that so many of their players opted, particularly being with Georgia as the opponent. I don't think it, we could have been playing the Los Angeles Rams, and I think some of them guys were trying to make a statement. I think some of them, not to hurt Florida State, but to make the statement. I mean, they were – there was something they wanted to do that they didn't give me thought to play in, in that game because they didn't get to play in the big one. I agree, coach. I agree 100%. And and we may never know that for sure. Maybe, you know, years later, somebody will admit. Um, I, I mean, they felt like they deserved a national championship. And I think they felt a lot of them felt, some of them probably legitimately felt they had nothing to play for. I think you're right. I, I know what Kyle is saying there, you know, like the very fact yeah. of, hey, hey, I'm going to go out there and, um, and, and you, Kyle, you're talking about a chip on your shoulder, man, the team that gets robbed of being in the, uh, the national championship hunt, uh, Georgia's won two straight. We don't feel sorry for them. Uh, I do love those, uh, you know, the, obviously the players and coaches, I think that it's great what they've accomplished, but as far as Florida state is concerned, I do think they should have been in the playoff, but that's a whole nother Show as they say, and that's why they were. I I can see how I can make an argument both ways on how I would I think I would feel. Yeah, uh, I would be upset that you know what do we have to do? Go twenty and 0, 50 and 0, hundred and mm-hmm. and I would. And so I was telling Florida State, hey, um, now you know how we feel in the group of five when you could go undefeated. Well, you're not good enough. You hadn't played the schedule. You're not in the SEC. It's uh, it's not Monday. It's uh, there's some reason why. You can't be one of the four. Yeah, that's that's going to be an, an issue, an unsettled issue for people in Tallahassee for a long time. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, Coach, as far as uh, the championship game goes, are you going – so you really like uh, Washington in the game? I'm putting you on the spot, I know, but yeah, you yeah. have more football mind than I ever will. Hey, that, that's okay. I've been on the spot before. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, it's just which spot do I, am I going to get on, you know? Um, if I had to put money on the game, I'd put it on Michigan because I, I do think they are going to play a physical game and they're going to be able to do things. And I, I think they're going to play that way defensively. It's not – I think it's, it's – I think they have a great defense up front. Uh, but 
I'm kind of an underdog guy, so I'm I'm gonna pull for the other one now. But if you made me put a dollar down, I ain't putting it on Washington. <laughs> what what is the line in the game? I haven't looked. I haven't either. Uh, Matt, you know the line or Bubba? I'll double check now. I believe the last I saw it was Michigan by four and a half. Okay, yeah, no, I'm not touching that one. Not at all. That's a <laughs> almost a pick them uh, there, but uh, you're right. a lot of points. That's a lot of points. I was a little surprised. I you think four and a half is a lot of points, Matt? I do. I, I think I think it's gonna be a very close game. Because I here's the a, thing, that's a pretty low spread. Here's the thing, Washington can score. That's what Washington I can score, and with that quarterback, I think they're going to be able to score. You look at the over under; the over under is fifty six. So, even the wow. odds makers, the odds makers are expecting a lot of points in this game, which makes sense because I think Michigan's yeah. going to be able to move the ball and score points, and I think Washington, with their offense, they're going to be able to do some good things too. So, so you're taking Washington with the points, man? As of right now, I think I'm taking Washington with the points. Okay. Wow. I do agree, Matt. That uh, what do this, I know, though? I mean, I, who knows? That's just my gut feeling. <laughs> I think it's going to be. I I believe that it's just like the two games semifinal. I, I get well. Well, first of all, let me, Dave. They let me step on you, but Matt said, "What does he know?" Um, I'll give you credit, but you, not only did you play football, you're also from New Jersey and you're Italian, so you might know a little something something <laughs> about the lines and the betting. <laughs> I know, I know a guy down at the piers, Coach Bustle. He gave me four and a half. How about that? Yeah, I hear you, man. I, I'm, a big, I'm, I'm a big pulling for. I just, I'm afraid it's going to be a slow death. Michigan's not going to score fast, and if if uh, Washington can't score, you know, because they would, they're normally a, a fast scoring football team, right? If they can't do that. Takes the out the game out it's, there. They only, only going to get so many touches, you know. And I, I'd be curious to see when the game's over how many plays they have compared to what they normally have. Mm, that's a very you good know? point. And because they they play fast, um, and, and Michigan's not going to play fast, and they're going to just keep stepping on your dad gum toe until you yell uncle if they can make you do that. Um, and if he had, like, if he has time to to throw the football, I think because I like the quarterback a lot, I really do. Coach, tell me something from a coaching perspective. I'm curious how this works. <clears throat> Maybe you could shed some light on this just for the people listening in. So, let's just say you're in this four team playoff, right? And let's say so. Last week, let's say you're coaching at Washington, right? Yeah. Obviously, your primary objective is to, is to to beat Texas, but I'm assuming you have other coaches on staff who are putting together a scouting report for, for the other two teams. So for both, in this case, Michigan and Alabama. Right. Um, so that when you start the week, you already have that game plan in place. How does that, what does that look like for the average fan? Like, what does that look like from a coaching perspective? How does that work? Well, I mean, you, 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 you're right. Um, you know, if we, if we're playing, um, you know Texas right now. I mean, we're we're gonna have a or a, have us our GAs or those those analysts that everybody's got now. Those um, graduate assistants. You know, they are already gonna do scattering reports. They're already gonna have your video put together the way that you want it, offensively, defensively, special teams. Um, all the work 
that normally takes uh, on Sundays, you know, after a regular season, excuse me, yeah, after a regular season game, a lot of that works. It, it, it's no different than during the week. You know, you're already, those guys are already looking at next week's team. And it's going to be, it's not going to be a, a change, a big change. Because, um, again, you're going to have guys that break down film. You're going to have our video. You're going to have it, have them put it together according to how your, you know, the, your offense and defense wants it every game. All that's going – for those people, they're going to do the same thing they normally do. Um, it, it, I don't know if – I don't see that it would be a big change. It's just what they do. And, and you hit it on I me. Mean, they're they going to have other people that are – that's what they're there for. I looked at everybody – I looked at Kirby, uh, Kirby's uh, staff the other day, everybody that works in the football program, and there was 54. Wow. Okay? Wow. I mean, everybody's got one of them dadgum titles. I don't even understand what them titles are doing. But anyway, <laughs> you know, point, I mean, they got all these analysts. They got all these offensive analysts, the defensive analysts, um, defense, an, analyst number two, whatever. And but he had fifty-four people they listed get put, and that's the ones you, that I counted. I don't know how many missed picture day, you know. So yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Like, that really is unbelievable. I mean, it is. So fifty-four on the staff. When, when you look at open up their book and you look at support staff and and, the, and that's you know you got your football coaches, but you have a support staff. Right. You look it up and count all the different people that are involved with the football program. Wow. I just did that the other day because I had a book that had it all. It was, and I don't think it's on their website. It might be, but it was in a uh, program thing they had made. And it was, and I remember back at Virginia Tech, you know, we, we had we had a couple of GAs on each side of the ball. And that's about it. But, <laughs> uh, but they're, but they're going to do their, you know, they, they'll come to the coaches and then we'll add those that group of people that are going to get all that stuff ready on Alabama, um, and Michigan, and 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 they're they're going to ask you what games do you prefer us? They're not going to break down uh, twelve games. They're not going to put that in the computer. They're not going to put all that on film because you'll never get it looked at. But you know you you know kind of your cover and who what offenses people run, and you might you know you're probably going to pick. Five games could be four, could be six, but you're you're not going to look at twelve or or thirteen, whatever they played. But you're going to know that you know those are six or five good games that you can look at. That's going to be similar in what you do and they do that will help you that you feel like will help you. And then that that's about the only question that those people will ask is you know determine. They will, and they will ask the coordinators what they what they want. Then after that, you know, they don't bother them coordinators and stuff anymore. Yeah, and I think you know, you know, I think one of the things when you look back at that Michigan Alabama game, Nick Saban had a full month to prepare for Michigan's offense, and you could tell tell they scouted them really well because. Michigan loves to use those big tight ends. They love to use that little boot action. It's like a play action boot and just drop it off to the tight ends. And Alabama did a tremendous job with their defensive end 
getting his hands up and tipping balls. I mean, he must have tipped – their defense ends must have tipped three or four balls in that game. Yeah. And they prevented a lot of those little those little plays, those little boot action plays to the tight ends. Um, again, a whole month to prepare. Washington doesn't – you know, they, they're going to have – their players are going to have, you know, a few days in practice here. So that that's going to be a factor too, I think. And But I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I really do. I think you have the two best teams, and I'm pretty fired up about it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game too. I, I think I think I'm afraid Washington might succumb to the the physical part of it. Hope they don't because if, if they can score a, a couple few quick ones, again, I, I'd be curious to see how many snaps they get in the game. So, you know, because I mean that's that's something that as with those fast playing teams, they always feel like they need X number of plays in a game to have had a chance to score and, and, and do the things they need to do. And, um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. I think, I think it'll be two different kind of offenses, which is great because I'd hate to watch two teams play like uh, uh, Michigan. Any chance, you know, in a game of this magnitude, Michigan just beat Alabama and uh, you know, Alabama is Alabama and no matter what, everybody, the, the measuring stick, so to speak, even, even in the era of Kirby Smart and Georgia, any chance you think Michigan says we've beaten Alabama, we've got this thing won, and isn't as focused on watching as they should be? You wouldn't think so in a national championship game. I don't. I don't think they'll be that way at all because they haven't been. That group of kids have not been, and they haven't been. Y'all probably know a date of when they went before. Um, Was it ninety three, ninety two, ninety three? Oh, none of them. Those kids were whatever grade when that happened. So it's it's not like that they would get overconfident that they, they, this ain't gonna it wouldn't happen not not with them not with a good a new group of kids like that they want a championship ring they want to, they want all yeah. that that goes along with the national championship they want all that and they're not going to get it and I, i'm sure harbaugh does a great job of the way they practice they're not going to change the way they practice they're not going to emphasize things any more or less than they normally do. Uh, they're going – for those kids, they're going to make it, it – it's a practice week, it, and everybody knows it's a big week. We all we all know that. But, it's, I mean, we can't run one more play every day and think that's going to be the difference. You know, I mean, you've got to practice to win, and those guys have, have been doing it. Both teams have. So the last time Michigan won a national championship, I guess, was 97. I didn't realize it had been that recently. That's still been a long damn time ago. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It, and, that, and there's a banner or something up in that Michigan. And them kids know that. And then people have already said it. Nobody has to tell them it's a big game. Yeah. I I still think uh, if Harbaugh wins it, I think he's gone to the NFL. I really do. I know that's another side like I guess a storyline, but I really think he's gone uh, after the season. Maybe win or lose, but well, I was just going to add. I was just going to add to that. I said, well, if he loses, he's going to. I think he's going to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we we're talking about that earlier, Kyle. It's like with uh, Harbaugh, you, you don't have to worry in the NFL. You're not worried about nil. You're not worried about recruiting violations. Right. Whether you agree with what happened or didn't, you don't have to worry about any of that mess. And so. Um, I think I really believe there's a hand, half a dozen teams, maybe four to six teams off the top of my head. When you say Matt for Harbaugh to go to 
in the NFL, Coach? And I'll tell you what, though. Michigan is a place to be during this NIL era. And, and Harbaugh, you know, when he first got to Michigan, he, he you know, he started recruiting in the South and having those camps. You guys remember when the NCAA was throwing a fit about the satellite camps? And I couldn't understand stuff. why that was wrong. I, I don't – I still don't understand about why that was a big deal. But, I, well, I, I, I guess really it wasn't. But – Particularly now, when you look at what they're doing, it's, it's nothing. Yeah. But I, I don't know, man. I, I understand Harbaugh through the NFL a lot, but at the same time, I don't. He, he if, if you're going to have to be at a place during this NIL era, uh, Michigan ain't a bad place to be. Hey, hey, Kyle. Uh, there's one place he's not going. He's not going to Charlotte to the Panthers. Okay? <laughs> well, did they hire somebody? Or? Well, no, no, no. Where you know the owner threw a drink on the uh, Jacksonville fans. You didn't see I, that? Well, I. Between the two owners there, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Carolina Panthers, you get to the biggest morons on the planet. Um, not so much with Shad Khan, but Tony Khan, his son, <laughs> who is, uh, you know, of course, uh, part owner of uh, of uh, the Jaguars. He's a friggin' moron. And then uh, I wish they could throw drinks on each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one, one of the thought guys on Harbaugh, you know, I, I think if they do win, I think it's the perfect time for him to leave Michigan because yeah, he did here's, it. Here's the thing. He brought Michigan back. Coach, you're going to know exactly where I'm going with this. Here's the thing, right? He could win the national championship this week. Yeah. Next year, if he loses to Ohio yeah. State, they're going to try to boo him the hell out of Ann Arbor. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's my point. Exactly. So, so what not. better what better time, right? You get Hey, you're the golden boy. You came back to your alma mater. You won yeah. a national championship. Yep. You did it. What better way to go out? And you know, I'm if quick. he does, if he does go back to the NFL, guys, he's going to go to a situation. It's going to be a situation where there's a young quarterback in place with talent. You know, Colin there's going to be there's going to be something available for him. He's not going to go somewhere with like where it's a total rebuild with no, no. quarterback. And you know, he's he's going to he's going to play right. that strategically. But that that honestly, if I was Harbaugh, so he's not going to the Panthers then. He's going to the New York Giants. We got we have uh we have uh cutlets. Oh, we have we have cutlets there, Tommy Cutlets. <laughs> I, I know, but I love I love everybody that's a Panthers fan. Please I'm, I'm just I feel your pain on that. Um with having an owner that's worth uh guys, he's worth twenty billion dollars and the NFL all they did was find him three hundred thousand. You know, that's like they said that's like a hundred dollars for the average person that that's what he got fined. Wow! Like if you put it in our like in middle. Well, class. what he's probably going to get if he if, if, if whoever he threw the drinks on, you know, uh, whatever fan. The Florida, uh, would, that's the crime. I would oh, be yeah. suing the piss out of him. Um, <laughs> I, I would have flipped on the drink. I would the drink would have injured me. I would have had PTSD because of it. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I I'd be getting my house now. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd be getting a couple. I, I can't look at Coke the same way ever again. Pepsi, whatever. Uh, I. Uh, no, I'd be I, getting, think it was, I, I don't I, think it was I, Pepsi or Coke, Kyle. I can't look at a, at, at a Miller Lite the same way ever again or whatever he was drinking. <laughs> tequila. <laughs> tequila, whatever. He would be he would be paying me several hundred thousand dollars if I was one of the people that got a drink thrown on him. Take the 300000 and give it to Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll pretend like you threw a drink on him. You, you forgot brain damage, too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, 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 brain yeah. damage. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Well, you know, the ice hit me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's you know what's funny is they said guys Matt Bubba Kyle coach they were talking about uh, battery that even if the drink this is crazy but the law in Florida I think um, 
even if the drink doesn't hit the person, it's still battery. I just, it's crazy. But uh, every state's got interesting laws. Florida, Florida's got some really interesting laws. Yeah, but that would. I'm just curious out of that. Uh, like, what coach? And get this, coach. You're gonna love this. I'm gonna ask you guys this question. Uh, so he owns the 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 Panthers for six years now. And he has a Charlotte football club, uh, Charlotte FC with the soccer program. They've had two going on season three coming up next month. Guess how many coaches, if you count the, if you count the interim coaches and the head coach and the regular coach, guess how many coaches he's had between the two franchises. Can you guess? I don't have a clue. Kyle, you're going to love this because you love coaches. Nine coaches in six years. Wow. Nine coaches. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, he's uh, he's terrible. <laughs> and he says, after he fires Reich, he says, Frank Reich, he says, I'm a patient man in other parts of my life. I'm like, how can you be patient? You had nine coaches. Uh, anyway, I don't want to get off on Tepper, that thing. Uh, Coach, uh, looking at the time, you've been with us for over an hour and a half. I appreciate you so much. You're great it's to okay. us. I've enjoyed it. And time, you're awesome. And, um, again, you'll forget more football than I'll ever know. So I'm looking forward to the game. And are you having like a viewing party? Are you having like a national championship party? Matt has a party every week. It's amazing. I wish. Coach, I'm, you're invited, Coach. But here's I the thing. I appreciate that. I appreciate Here's the thing. That. But I, I need your years of knowledge. All right. So because I want to put a bet on the game. So, Coach. Yeah. I'm uh, going to put you on the spot. I look at games differently. That's why I, I don't go to games in person because I'm a bad fan. <laughs> um, so. Uh, I, I look at games differently and kind of seeing why they're doing stuff and how they're doing stuff. And I'm, you know, I probably don't do a lot of talking to people, so I probably don't need to be at a party right now. <laughs> this, this game. And the good thing is, I have no money on this game either way, so that's good. Rick, you got to be on the spot, all right? You got to make your, all right, a bet, a bet right now, all right? So all Michigan right. minus Michigan minus four and a half. Who are you taking? Michigan. He's got Michigan on it. You got Michigan all the way. Yes, sir. No, there was no hesitation there. No, there was no hesitation. You make like me that. put all money right. out, so I'm, I'm going to Michigan. I told y'all, if I only had a dollar, <laughs> I'd put it on Michigan, but I don't. <laughs> all right. I like it. I like, I like it. it. Well, Coach, Happy New Year to you. Appreciate you Thank so you much. And Same again, you thank guys. you so much. I didn't realize. Yeah, I enjoyed talking to you so much. I didn't realize we had been talking that long, but it's a lot of fun. Life and football and uh, – It'll be interesting to see what happens yeah. on Monday. It's kind of a sad period because I have a letdown, and I have a major letdown after the Super Bowl because oh, I'm yeah. like, where's my football? There's no yeah, more football. Exactly. exactly. So, uh, thanks for talking football with us, and look forward to having you back on very soon. Guys, I'll do it anytime, and I love talking with you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, thanks, Coach. Coach Appreciate you. It. Thanks, Coach. Take care. You bet. You guys too. All right, thanks to Coach. He's the best. In fact, uh, we need to have him on more, Bubba. And uh, Kyle, did you see, I was talking about earlier about, you'll appreciate this, Coach Holtz said he's been offered five group of five jobs, a handful of jobs, but he wants to stay with the Birmingham. He said it was eight. Eight? Okay, I beg your pardon, Bubba. See, I'm not a numbers guy like Matt or Bubba. or Eight, John. eight group of five jobs, and he's uh... – no, he, 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 he doesn't want to get back in college coaching probably into the current environment. No, um, exactly. So I want to get your take. I'm on curious that. to know what they were. I'm curious to know um, if they were all head coaching jobs. Um, I, 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 you know, huh? 
And my understanding is that what they were hey, cooking up. Was it, was it this year and last year combined? I know he was offered the Charlotte job, or at least he was up for the Charlotte job last year. I don't know if he was offered it or not. Yeah, it was last uh, year and this year combined. Okay, yeah, I, I'm cur- be curious to know who offered him. Um, I'd, I'd have to go look at coaching vacancies for the last two years to see where I think he uh, his name would come up. Um, but I, uh, it's just interesting that he, he wants to stay with Birmingham. Um, uh, yeah, interesting note, the, the no more USFL, no more XFL, UFL. Yep. UFL, which is odd because that was the name of the league Mark Cuban tried to start in the early 2000s was the UFL. Oh, um, my God. I forgot all about that, Kyle. Yep. Wow. So with their weird neon uniforms. Um, Ten seconds. <laughs> so I, uh, I, 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 by the way, uh, I'm sure everybody saw this. Maybe some of our listeners haven't, but we're going to start the UFL season. I believe it's March yeah. 30th with That's the Birmingham correct. Stallions taking on um, the Arlington Renegades. Right, and that's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, Shane Carden. Um, excuse me, Holt Nailers against uh, Skip Holtz. Yeah, Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops coaches the Arlington Renegades, so that's pretty cool that uh, you have Stoops and Holt Nailers, and then of course, like you said, with Skip. In fact, Skip they've won the last two USFL championships back to back. Yep. So apparently there's going to be guys, four teams from the USFL and four from the XFL. So you'll have eight teams. And like uh, Kyle said, it starts March 30th and it's a 10 game uh, regular season. I thought it would only be eight games, but it's 10. I read earlier today. And it's not only Holt Naylor's with the Arlington Renegades playing for Bob Stoops, uh, but you're going to have at least three Pirates for the Renegades in addition to Holton. You have Garrett McGinn, you know, former offensive oh, lineman. Oh, I didn't know that. And then uh, another former Pirate offensive lineman, in, in, in addition to McGinn, um, big Noah Henderson. Oh, and, wow. And, uh, so, so what are, both, what are, what are both the problems? Both of which protected Holton, uh, especially uh, especially Noah. And Garrett, I guess, was just perhaps that and, one year in, in 2018, but uh, Noah, obviously, multiple years. Yeah. Bob, do you know, do you know uh, what are the prospects Holton's going to start for uh, – Arlington, do you know their their quarterback yeah, situation? Yeah, I heard um, heard him on Pirate Radio yesterday. Holton was saying that you know he uh, is in a situation. He turned down a a couple opportunities where he probably would have been the starter going in. Um, the Renegades do have a a starter returning. Uh, don't recall who that is. But, uh, you know, he said, he said, I've never been shy of competing for a job. And he said, and despite, you know, not having, you know, that assurance or, you know, thought that I would probably be the starter going in, that, uh, you know, I, I feel great about that situation with Coach Stoops and just thought it was a better overall situation. Yeah, so, you have. So uh, give, give him credit for that. Interesting, interesting though, that he wouldn't take something that he feels like would be a sure thing with the starting job because I would think the ultimate goal would be to get back to the league. Well, he thinks that, yeah, he thinks the uh, UFL, he has a better shot than, I guess, the CFL. Okay, was was it CFL job? No, 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 Kyle was talking about the the other UFL opportunities. Oh, okay, I see. But but, but yes, he did. Yes, he did have CFL opportunities as well, but but he was talking in, in reference to those other UFL opportunities. And I believe he said, didn't he say, Bubba, that, uh, help me if I'm wrong on this, but 
that CJ Johnson is also going to be in the UFL for the DC Defenders, right? The yeah, the, I, I was very excited to hear that. I yeah, had, had not. Uh, this just in out of DC. CJ has been kicked off the team. Not playing. I <laughs> plan with you, CJ. Good luck. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you have great success with the Defenders. Well, it's yeah, crazy. I was, but I, I was I was very excited to hear that because I was afraid that. You know his football career may be over, but uh, awesome to hear that that he's still uh, still chasing the dream. I just don't understand, guys. Help me out with this, and I don't want to spend time on it. But um, I I was thinking about this branding wise, and maybe Kyle, you can help me. I was thinking about this yesterday. USFL like has so much legacy. Yeah, I would have stuck Why with that you, name also. I, I don't am know. I, wrong I, I, I don't know. No, no. I'm glad they didn't use XFL because that's right. a tarnished brand. Right. But the USFL has a good legacy. It's a good brand name. I, I, I agree with you. I would have, you know, UFL, it it's all right. Um, I yeah. don't know how many people remember the other UFL anyway. So, I uh, but, forgotten about it. But it, I guess they're doing it just to show us a new combined league, but I would have stuck with the USFL branding and I, and yeah. I would not be surprised if they don't go back to it. Um, I, 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 to me, to me, um, I, I think it was the much better brand and it's what I would have went with. Yeah. I like, but anyway, I'm, I'm happy for our pirates. In fact, uh, he said, by the way, Kyle, that, um, Bubba, do you remember that? See Isaiah, um, Wednesday got cut from the Niners last week. So I think he's going to be another one, uh, that'll be in the UFL. Yeah, and he had, he had a workout. I believe it was with the Falcons. I want to say it was the Atlanta Falcons um, in the last oh, couple okay. of days since since okay. getting let go by the 49ers. Yeah, I really like the uh, like that guy. I know uh, I hate that we only had one year with him because he was very glad that we had the year with him. But I wish we had uh, a few years. I, I won't be greedy and say all four. Um, but I, I was a huge fan of Winstead, and there was. Uh, who else was it? There was one. There was maybe. Oh, um, they were talking about Tyler Snead, of course, winning a Grey Cup. Um, you know, I don't. How much do you think, guys? Do you think that really matters? Like, if you win on a, on a winning team with a CFL, or is it more individual stats? I would think that's more important than a Grey Cup, right? What are you What are you asking? Like, in other words, how much did You're they talking about as far as earning earning you a look in the NFL? Yeah, I mean. Obviously, oh, in the NFL, but, yeah, it would be your individual performance. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. In terms of, yeah, in terms of to a player, I guess, I guess it would be depending on who you are, <laughs> as far as what matters to you personally. But yeah, in terms of getting a shot, Snee's not going to get shot in the league. His size is going to keep that from happening. But he he can he, he, he can have, he can have a hell of a career in the CFL or or, or the UFL if he wants to 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 to, to, to try that. Um, but the CFL. It's like, um, it's like, uh, oh God, help me out. I'm having a brain fart here. Um, our former quarterback guys, um, Dominique Davis. Yeah. It's like Dominique Davis said, the reason he has no interest in any of these other leagues is because none of them seem to last where the CFL has been around, you know, for 50 plus years. So, you know, either these other leagues come and go. So while the UFL may be paying out more money, you know, who knows if it'll be around in two years. Yeah, that's why I was saying with the like we were talking about Kyle with the branding with USFL, um, and the fact that hopefully the one thing for me is uh, we were talking about Kyle with uh, having 
you know, what is it, July? Having it done by July, you know, keep it. Yeah, it starts on March 30th. I don't know when the season yeah. ends, but I would, uh, I've always thought playing football to about the middle of July would be a good idea. But we, uh, we have some pirate news, Bubba, with, uh, with a couple of guys from the portal today. We do. Um, yeah. Obviously, that, that second portal window, you had the one back about three weeks ago. Uh, now you had this one from, um, from January 3rd to the 7th. So, uh, Wednesday to Sunday, and you knew the Pirates were going to still be pursuing some offensive linemen, a uh, uh, cornerback with Antoine Jackson moving on. Uh, you have um, the need to still bring in another quarterback uh, in addition to those uh, other offensive linemen. So, as far as offensive linemen are concerned, um, huge pickup, both literally and figuratively today, um, coming up from. Tallahassee, uh, Koishan Sapp, um, you have 6'4", 325 pounds. You know, if you've taken a look at this this guy on film or um, just just his his recruiting profile, you know, he just doesn't, uh, you know, he's extremely highly recruited coming out of high school, had offers from essentially every SEC program with the exception of a couple. Um, and among those that he had offers from were the likes of Alabama, Georgia, LSU. And you know, it, he almost looks like the type, uh, you know, reminds me, I don't know, maybe perhaps like a Sherwin Latewell. I'm trying to think of some of our other offensive linemen in the past that you almost, uh, he's not your stereotypical, um, you know, offensive lineman from years gone by, you know, I mean, He's a guy that uh, just looks like a large human being at 6'4", 325 pounds. Uh, not, not, uh, not, not a lot of loose weight on him. Um, I would say probably a pretty low body percentage relative um, to other offensive linemen. Somebody said, and I don't know if this is accurate, Bob, but somebody said he had, uh, had, had he originally already transferred out and was going to go to FAMU and then uh, I guess had the opportunity to play stay FBS so he came here, or is that bad information? That may be accurate information. I um, had not heard that, um, but maybe I saw well it on a message board. I saw it a po- one post on a message board. I have not done any research on it. But uh, but yeah, just yeah, he was he was for what this is worth. I, I really don't pay attention to stars, but for those who do, uh, you know, for what it's worth, I mean, he was a four star guy coming out of high school, and like I mentioned, had all those uh, SEC offers, ten plus. Um, including Bama, Georgia, and LSU. So that tells you something right there. And then uh, and then also um, we got a commitment from, for what it's worth, another four-star prospect um, back from when he was coming out of high school, transferring to East Carolina from West Virginia. Uh, so uh, you had that. Do you West think he'll Virginia. be corner or receiver here, uh, Bubba? I would say corner, but uh, – I guess it's, you have you have that option, but I I'll definitely say corner, especially losing Antoine Jackson. But uh, yeah, he's 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 being recruited for corner. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely the mold yeah. of kind of a Savon Revel. He's six two, nice length, uh, and when we saw we saw what Savon did this year, um, his name is Andrew Wilson Lamp. Yeah, he started a game or two for West Virginia. He started the first two games of the year and had a busted coverage um, 
And Maybe just Oklahoma State or somebody. And they didn't start in the rest of the year. And, yeah, he uh, played, played 78 snaps, I think it was, against the Cowboys. And then, yeah, like you said, after playing significantly in those two games, you know, played sparingly uh, the remainder of the season. Man, that's and, uh, rough from one busted coverage. Yeah, uh, a hundred <laughs> and uh, I think 175 or 180 snaps on the season. Yep. That's crazy. You know, guys, in addition to him, you know, obviously he's verbally committed, but I believe tonight we have another corner on campus, and I don't recall his name, but he's a Maryland, he's from Maryland, and uh, by all accounts, another really talented guy who, you know, four-star prospect coming out of high school and another really good prospect. So <clears throat> we could come out of this, you know, out of this weekend with two potential starting corners. Now, obviously, you have Revel on one side, but the type of defense we play, you rotate corners a lot and you use a nickel. So, you know, definitely some available right. uh, areas for, for playing time. And yeah, Kyle, no we have uh, Brandon and then also Johnny Gardner chiming in, saying that uh, he had committed to Florida A&M on the 22nd, according to 24-7 Sports, and then Johnny said the, the Rattlers, have, of course, had that coaching change, so then he reopened his recruitment. I imagine he's glad he did, um, you know, got the opportunity to come here unless he, you know, unless, I don't know, FAMU, FAMU at one point. Um, you, do you guys remember when they tried to move to FBS that they, uh, in the early 2000s, they had the one, they're the only school I've ever known, they had the transition year and then said, no, never mind, we're going back to FCS or 1AA. Do you guys remember that? Vaguely, we talked about yeah, it. We discussed that, Kyle, here in the last several months. Uh, maybe perhaps it was last season, but uh, somehow that came up when you and I were having one of our uh, lengthy college football discussions. And and I told you I'd actually forgotten about it. But then, you know, as you were talking about it, it kind of came back to me. Yeah, I read an I read an article on it um, not too terribly long ago about what happened and how it was just a financial disaster for them. And uh, midway through it, they said, no, no, we can't do this. <laughs> so uh, the only HBCU to ever try it, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, if, uh, if an HBCU ever tries to do it again. No doubt. And uh, we're really excited about the chances of uh, – I want, okay, let me ask you this question, guys. It's basically free agency. This was a question I thought about over the last week or so. Give a grade – we're being like other shows, but give a grade on the off-season free agency that we call transfer portal with the Pirates this year. How are you feeling? If you, if we get one more quarterback, um, I give it an A. Right now, a B plus. B plus. Okay. Right. I think you that's know, it's Dave. It's really funny you you asked that question because I was thinking of that earlier today, <clears throat> and the way I would grade this thing, I, I would grade it through today. But if you look at what we've accomplished since the season ended you know just let's just go back to the offensive coordinator situation you know you go out and you get your offensive coordinator oh everything is a whole i'd probably give an a matt but go ahead finish your thought yeah i mean this the amount of work that has gone into the last month is is pretty impressive um you know so what i would say is i'm, I'm i really like what we've done so far i like the recruiting class out of high school but i really like what we've done in the portal and we're addressing we're addressing the needs that we didn't address last year. 
And what that tells me is that we're, you know, we've learned that, hey, you know, we just, we can never do this again, you know, and we're adapting as a program. And, you know, I, I really like the fact that obviously the big, the first domino is the quarterback, right? You get your quarterback, but the kid we brought in today, I say the kid, he's, he's, he's a grown man. A monster. He's a monster. Uh, Beast. But th- this one excites me more. You know, next to the, the the addition of the quarterback, this one for me is the most exciting because you just I, – I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but you cannot win without the horses up front. And, you know, this this guy, um, even though he hasn't played a lot at this level yet, how often does East Carolina get a high-level four-star recruit that had offers from Alabama? So you know the talent is there. He just has right. to get the experience now. And what I really like, guys – what I really like, if you look at the four new offensive linemen we've we've brought in so far, two from JUCO, one from Maine, and then the kid from Florida State, all of them will be here for spring football. And that is yeah. a huge factor. No question about it. And that's uh, one of the things that Coach talked about today. By the way, if you haven't had a chance, uh, 94-3 the game, Coach Houston talked to Igo today on the Hoist the Colors show, uh, noon to one. Uh, live today earlier was the very fact of how much difference last year versus this year in the offseason free agency as I call it the transfer portal last year they didn't have the money in the NIL the um, team boneyard team boneyard has stepped up huge and they uh, it's in fact coach quote said it's a night and day difference Matt night and day difference you're in the apartment there in the transfer portal with the rum stocked up uh i I tell you what man uh i know that it's early but i feel a lot better i'll just say this i feel a lot better i told you this off air earlier i feel better about football than i do basketball right now (laughs) so no offense to my basketball team and my players but our players but uh, the football team in the offseason has made some great strides yeah that was a really good interview today. I thought uh, yeah. Steve and I go did a really good job with that interview. And the Mike Houston I heard today, I, I really liked what I heard. Like, that's the Mike Houston I heard two and three years ago. He sounded excited. He sounded energetic. You could tell he's feeling a little bit more positive. Um, and I really liked his answer that, you know, there was a question asked to him, essentially, like, basically saying, like, will this be – John David Baker's offense. And, and I really like Mike Houston's answer. It was basically, listen, wh- what kind of leader would I be if I hired somebody and then didn't allow them to coach? He's like, this is, I hired him to coach. This is his show. That's why he's here. I'm, he basically said, I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to let him run his offense the way he wants to run it um, and let him run the show. So I really like that answer. Um, and I think that's a smart thing to do. And the fact that, both Blake Harrell that, oh, by the way, we kept two years. They both of them got a two-year contract. And he talked about how he, how we already knew this, that John David Baker took a pay cut to come here. But it was because, like you said, Matt, he wanted to run the show. But how both about guys that? got a two-year contract? Yep. Does that worry you? Yeah. I, I don't like that at all. So, in other words, if he's a bust, then we have to pay him for another yeah, year. Yeah, we, we have to fire Mike Houston. We're going to have to pay two coordinators. Um, so, well, I think uh, that, I, that, that would be my concern with that. Um, but, you know, I hope that doesn't happen. But, no, I don't like that. 
you know, I, I think that they're showing confidence that that's not going to happen, but I totally get that after this year, anything, anything is possible uh, for sure. But it looks a so things as far as that goes, obviously with Blake Harrell and the, the defense we had this year, now that that may have been necessary. Obviously, Coach Harold deserved it. And then, as far as John David Baker is concerned, um, he obviously you know felt good about Coach Houston and the program and our potential. But at the same time, Ron, I realize we probably had to do it, but but him him leaving a, a very good situation um, at Ole Miss. Boy, uh, they better win. I'll tell you what. Uh, you, you mark this tape, Bubba. So stamp this tape right here. Uh, because if we don't win, this will be a point. This will write it down. Write it. Write it. If we don't win, <laughs> if we don't win, this will be a point of contention uh, next year, and everybody will be up in arms. Why did we do that? Why did we do that? So uh, it better work. Well, we're, we're it's pretty much all you know. It's now or never, right? So it's like the Elvis song. It's now or never, and everybody knows that. And I. <laughs> Looking at the schedule, I wanted to ask you guys this too. Doesn't it feel like uh, if you look at the schedule this year when you don't have Michigan on the schedule, and I know how App State is always tough, Liberty's tough, I know all that. Um, but doesn't it feel like if we can – we had – so we have a – by the way, the thing, the, the thing that's frustrating about looking back at the season, and I know 23 is gone. Um, I need to leave that behind. But looking in the rear view – you had a top 40 defense, and if we just had a average, mediocre offense, sure. we go bowling, you know? So I'm thinking nothing's – I mean, nothing is guaranteed as far as the defense. Maybe they take us – but I don't see them falling off that much. So you would think that looking at the schedule, looking at the new coaches that are coming in the league – um, that well, I mean, I know some of them are going to be like second year, but you have a new one at Tulane, right? Um, so, uh, for me, I, I feel a lot better about this season going to a bowl than last year. I really do. I thought we were going, but I'm just saying that I think with the, we're going to have an offense this year where we didn't have last year. God, I hopes. <laughs> I don't want to say it can get worse because I'm sure it can, but. Uh, I don't know how much. Oh, work it can't. Work. It cannot get any worse. Dave. Yeah, I know. I'm certain of that. We our offense hit rock bottom last year. Yeah. So there's, there's only one way to go up, and that's up. No, I, I'm optimistic about everything that's going on, and like I said, you know, the one thing: are we going to sign another quarterback? Um, I see, what, yes. what is the latest on that? In that interview that Dave referenced, and, and I, like Matt, you know, found that interview, you know, very refreshing, and it you know, kind of re-energized me and my belief in, uh, in, uh, in, you know, in coach, it was obviously coach Houston, uh, tremendous coach, but, you know, just what transpired last season uh, and, you know, in my opinion, you know, was at least to some degree preventable. Uh, but you know, I, I loved essentially everything coach had to say and, uh, very encouraged what he had to say about the guys that are, uh, already coming into the program that have already signed on the dotted line and then also our plans uh, for this portal window and then also in in May he just said we're going to continue to be aggressive he says last year uh, you know, he he addressed the quarterback specifically uh, he didn't dive into it too much but 
but yes, he said that I'm sure we would like to have changed the way we did some things last year and that um, just said that we would have you know, been aggressive the way we are this year and we will continue to be aggressive. He said we'll continue to try to to add quality pieces to this roster. And then right after what Matt referenced as far as giving John David Baker the reins and uh, letting JDB and the staff, you know, do their thing, um, that by by doing so, you know, he's he said that he's had conversations as far as he said we will definitely bring in another quarterback. He said we'll have one visiting probably tomorrow or over the weekend. Okay, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> yeah, and, and then also we'll add more. Any idea who that is? He didn't know. He didn't, you know he could. He I couldn't didn't know if it. you did some research on your own. Yeah, no, no. Uh, and there is a guy, a young man from U uh, Albany, um, the Great Danes. Um, mm-hmm. He's thrown for sixty six hundred yards and also. Very athletic, and I know Matt's aware of him. I shared some film with Matt. Uh, Reese Poffenbarger, quite the name, but uh, Poffenbarger, I believe, is still you know undecided. I'm not sure who else may be in the mix. But is he somebody that we've been talking to? Um, according to what I've heard, um, there is some interest there. Uh, so it's a lot nicer sure. here than it is in Albany. Although the weather is going to be the drizzling shit. Hey, this weekend. let me tell you guys: if you guys have ever been to Albany, <clears throat> Albany, New York, might be the worst place on earth. Well, it's it the is. capital city of New York. How could it be that bad? How could it be? How could it possibly it, be that bad, Matt? It is gray, dark, snow, rain. It's miserable, miserable. Listen, <laughs> if he if he gets an offer from ECU, he needs How to. How are the girls? He in needs Albany? to run. They're terrible. <laughs> they are terrible. Hey, hey, Matt, we have a couple sponsors potentially for Albany. I think we just lost them. So. <laughs> listen, the girls, you know, listen, when it comes to girls, we know Greenville wow. is, a, is, a, yeah. is a 10. We you know it's a 10. And it's I'll good. give Albany about a three, maybe a three oh and a half. Oh, my God. Really? Maybe a three and a half. Is it really that bad? Can it's we get terrible. somebody on the line? Do you have any friends from Albany we could call and – talk to on the air to see if we kind of give them equal time man no and uh i i don't want them <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have any you definitely don't have any friends now in albany right <laughs> yeah y'all have been in places like the where that where the talent surprised you like where the girls were better looking than what you expected anytime like i'm in the deep mountain somewhere uh, i'm always surprised that you like you, you always have these stereotypes of people from, you know I'm talking deep in the mountains. I ain't talking about Gatlinburg. Uh, You're not I, talking about Boone, right? No, well, no, you got you got college girls there, but you know, just 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 somewhere, just pick a random town, and you know the hollers of Eastern Kentucky, and the 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 before they get methed out anyway, the the amount of attractive females in some parts of the of, of the of Appalachia will surprise you. I tell I tell you something interesting, Kyle. This is many years ago. This is 20 years ago. I had this conversation pre-marriage in case my wife is listening in the other room. No, I don't care if my wife is <laughs> listening. Right. But I don't care if your wife is listening either for that matter. <laughs> I was talking to a longtime college coach who had coached all over the country. Coached all over the country. West Coast, East Coast, North, South, everywhere. Somehow we get on the conversation of where, you know, what, what college did you coach at where the best looking women were? And this answer might surprise you. He said, without a doubt, 
when he coached at BYU. That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't he surprise said, me at all. He said, he said, just beautiful, beautiful women, natural. You no, know, you, you got well. There's a lot of, lot of, lot of pretty blondes uh, in, in Mormon country. So, um, if you like blonde hair and blue eyes, yeah, um, uh, and your name's not Adolf, uh, then uh, yeah, Utah is, is probably a, a a good place to be if you like the blonde hair, blue eye look. Yeah, that's that does not really surprise me. I'll tell you what, um, I actually have a game on DVD of East Carolina at Marshall from 2006 or no, uh, 2005 from 2005. And, um, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a streaming. It, I don't remember exactly. There was no commercials in the game, but I recorded it off TV. So saying it's streaming in 1505 didn't make any sense. So I don't know what the hell format I was watching it on, but, um, anyway, there's a girl in the stands there. that's literally, I, I paused the DVD at one point, a few years back, rewatching it. One of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen, just randomly that wasn't an actress or something just in the stand. So, um, and that was at Marshall. So uh, just talking about interesting, uh, we wouldn't necessarily expect hot girls. Uh, there's that one in particular, um, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll put that game on sometime and find it and screenshot it and send it to you guys. Huntington, West Virginia, not exactly a, uh, no, a no, you wouldn't think so. I bet she has a hot bit though. <laughs> well, you know, you know? Uh, go ahead, Dave. I said I was just interjecting. It's fine. You can go back to you. I said, wouldn't he like to know the hotbed? Yeah, well, I, mean, yeah, I would. <laughs> I so would. you know, guys, um, one other, actually, two other takeaways from that interview today. Um, I, I'm I'm pivoting. This is what you call in the industry a pivot back. Okay, thank to, you. Uh, off the girls, back to the football part, but uh, I'll stay on the girls. <laughs> I know you will. I know you will. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, so one other thing, two other things, actually. Number one, Alex Flynn will be participating in spring football, which I think is a really good thing, man. I really do. I, I uh, Do you think he he is legitimately thinking he can win the starting job, or do you think he's trying to solidify himself to see if he can be the backup? Backup. I'm going backup, but that's my gut feeling. I don't know. I think that's probably what he's thinking. I mean, he he's a really smart smart kid. I mean, I by all accounts he's going to be a doctor uh, yeah. after college. So he's he's probably thinking he just wants to play football as long as he can, compete for a job. But I, I would like to see him back because I think he'd be a really serviceable backup. And I think yeah. maybe you put some some pieces around him and and put him in the right offense. Maybe he could be a very serviceable. Yeah. Serviceable if you get the kid back. from Albany, if he's put up those kinds of numbers, and you. Yeah, I don't. I, Ringo, I baby, it. come on. If I'm playing, if I'm playing, I probably go to medical school. <laughs> but, uh, Definitely. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. But you know something? You make a good point, uh, Kyle and Matt. Is the fact that, and Bubba, you've been a um, quarterback before, but you think about it uh, with Hauser, uh, Coach Logan has said it on his show multiple times in Logan's own. You're only as good. What is Logan's back- thoughts on Hauser? I haven't. I don't ever listen to his show. I didn't. I don't remember him talking about Hauser per se that I can think of. Um, it may have been the show was uh, done with live shows. They've done a couple like best ofs, like the holidays. Gotcha. He, was, he was talking about that he's you're only as good as the backup quarterback. So, having said that, after a two and ten season, um, you know it wouldn't hurt to 
to have Flynn in there. I, I definitely agree that for uh, if we have a chance to, oh, as of right now, he's our best option. Yeah, as yeah and, up, so. and and I'm curious. I will say this: I love Donnie K very much. The new blood in there having a John David Baker working with him. I just wonder how much better. In fact, Colton Naylor said. I don't know, Bub, if you heard that, that how much better the room is to have Alex Flynn. Not only how smart he is, but maybe it takes a Flynn to push uh, Hauser to uh, to have him, you know, better. Like, in other words, he's there. He knows he's a backup, but he's going to keep pushing him and competing. And then you have uh, another interesting wrinkle is um, with, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, with the Gatorade Player of the Year in Kentucky is Cole Hodge. Yeah. So... Yeah. I don't know how much that you put stock into that, but I think that's a pretty big deal. That kid's a baller. That kid is. Oh my god! I really like that kid because yeah. when he, he committed to East Carolina, and he has never wavered. He he's brother's been solid in his commitment. Year. His brother's coming here next year. That kid, he's a baller. I mean, he can really play. I I honestly, he he could play. You know, depending on what happens here, uh, he's got the ability to play early. Um, yep. I think he's that good, and then. Unless he's just completely full of shit, uh, he he uh, he comes across as old school in the interview with Bubba, like like he's got yep. an old school mindset. Um, so if he was being genuine in that interview, um, I think Pirate Nation is really going to like him. Well, I think he he was sincere yeah. when he was talking about the fan base. Oh no, I, th- I think he was too. You just never know. You, oh, I, really I don't know the kid. I've never met him, but yeah, if he was genuine and sincere, I think Pirate Nation is really going to like him. And you know who recruited him, so um, yeah. Donnie K. So he's ha- has a history. We give him credit for yeah. that. He has a history of recruiting great players, like the Mister Dwayne Harris, one of the best ever to ever put on a pirate uniform. Did, I kind of re- not necessarily in terms of play, but just his. I guess that you would say like the the style he has reminds me a little bit of Carden in terms of that he's just a gamer. This kid can play football. Two state championships back to back. Yeah, man. Kentucky football player of the year. I mean, that, where that's were his bad. other offers, guys? Bubba, Matt. Oh, I don't know. Um, Kentucky came in late. I do know that. Who? And, uh, Louisville and Kentucky came in late. Okay. And that's what's impressive to me is this kid. Were they were they serious offers? I mean, there, there's 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 you know there there's offers and then there's serious offers. Right. All right. I don't that I don't know, but I do know they were making a late push uh, for him. But I don't know how, you know, I, I really don't know how serious it was. But those two I know late were trying to get him, and he, like Matt said, he never wavered. Um, no matter what this, uh, maybe Bubba, do you know the all the offers? Those are the only two I can remember off the top of my head. I remember seeing the list. I just uh, at ten twenty five at night. I'm lucky to be awake. <laughs> I had to step away for a moment. Uh, you know, or were you talking about Cole Hodge? Cole Hodge, Cole Hodge. Yeah. I, I know. I'm trying to remember. I, I want to say App State. Uh, it seems like perhaps Marshall, but uh, I know they are late. You know that they, they were supposedly you know pursuing him as maybe more of a you know second option, but. Uh, Kentucky and Louisville, and both of them after the season that he had, you know, made a run at him, and uh, he, you know, to his credit, stayed with the Pirates. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at what 13, 14 wins for the last two years. I mean, you know, like 27, something like 27 wins 
for two years. Two state a private school, right? Yes. Correct. Family had money, so NIL maybe not as important to him. Yeah, he, he said that you know he was more you know looking for. Well, yeah, I heard that interview. I about yeah, yeah, he didn't really care about NIL. I'm just curious to know if his family has money playing at a private school. Yeah, and kind of you know, going back to what we had discussed earlier about um, Quayshon Sapp. Uh, you know, there there's the six four, three hundred twenty five pound offensive tackle and does have position flexibility there. And I know Matt, uh, and that's something that we had discussed, uh, you know, his ability to play multiple spots along the offensive line. But, but uh, yeah, he pretty, yeah, pretty, cool. imp- pretty impressive, you know, and very excited about uh, Landon Quayshon Sapp. Yeah, that's my new best friend. I'm going to be very nice to him. Six four, three hundred and twenty five pounds, um, and. Dave said he wants to line up at nose tackle again. No, I don't. What he said. I'm going to be right behind Simmons. I'll let you. Kid, kid, kid has a great kid has a great look. Um, he uh, solid muscle. Looks like natural. Um, a uh, good looking kid. I, uh, I just just from just how my mind works immediately. I I'm curious to know what he wants to do after football. If he doesn't play in the league, he just I, immediately my wrestling mind i'm like that kid right there just oh my god uh, yeah, would, yeah, yeah. it could be a huge if he has any charisma personality or interest in it could probably make a nice living in wrestling i absolutely absolutely uh heart it's one of those things in fact wwe is doing that now as you know kyle is with the nil uh they're giving uh, matt i don't know if you know this they're giving nil money to college football players potentially come to the wwe wow yeah and that's something that um come on vince mcmahon yeah exactly (laughs) we got vince mcmahon and damn mr beast and we can't get them to give huge nil deals i don't understand that what the hell is going on they give in fact the mcmahons give to the business school every year every year they give why can't they give us money at the athletic department and damn mr beast is right there in greenville um, he can about crawl to the university. I, I just don't understand. Uh, and he and he rents out like stuff for ECU, like I mean, using different buildings and stuff. I just don't understand why we can't get money from him. I, I really don't. Damn, he. We got two damn billionaires, and we can't get one dime. Okay, I'm sorry, but it just frustrates me. No, I agree with you. It's irritating, and uh, I don't know what you do about it other than. Irritate the shit out of them. I told you if it were me and I was Ryan Robinson, <laughs> Mr. Beast and Mr. Man would have to get restraining orders against me. <laughs> I can see it right now. Kyle is going to be delivering pizzas, all kinds of stuff. Hey, it's me again. Uh, can we get that million? Uh, here's a pizza. I don't know. I mean, how do you, Matt, it's, uh, you're about building relationships. Uh, you're in the world of sales. I mean, uh, Mr. Beast is, I mean, my kids love the fact that they think it's cool. We go to Greenville. They're like, yeah, my daughter said this recently. I want to, she wants to be a YouTube star, by the way. And she says, can you believe the other day? She says, can you believe we're in Greenville, the home of Mr. Beast? I mean, that's my nine-year-old daughter. Like my, my parents know my mom wants to win. I I would have thrown her out of the car and said, we're in Greenville, the home of the pirates. That's just me personally. Well, she, that's where she wants to go to school, So, and Alex does, so we'll see how that... The home of Mr. Beast, I swear to God. Yeah. Ah, these kids today. I I, but I'm just saying the importance, that's how big Mr. Beast is. Oh, no, is. I know, I know, he's the, he's the biggest YouTube celebrity out there, I know, I know. 
and you know a billionaire you would think that you know we're not asking for the whole billion can we get one million two million five million i mean <laughs> that's pocket change maybe david tepper will give us some money matt <laughs> man <clears throat> we, i'll tell you the best thing we could do right now is win some games and then yeah approach, approach mr beast you know after that and see if he wants a- to uh take part in it you know guys he's a he was a pitcher bubba help me out on this but he was a pitcher i believe off the top of my head but he's a baseball player and i think he did very or well considering um but he was at greenville christian academy greenville christian something off the top of my head but uh, man that baseball project uh, would be nice for him to to give money towards and i saw him my kids were about to go nuts we were in the jungle two years ago and they had him in um they had him on that first base side in between the first base side and the where the bullpen is for the opposing team. But they had him in a special little area where he could watch the game. And I was going, I was just so frustrated. My kids are going, Oh my God, it's Mr. Beast. <laughs> they recognized him within a matter of minutes, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. These, these kids are all over that kind of stuff. Yeah. Maybe one of these days we can, uh, that'll happen. But we are, by the way, guys, update on indoor practice facility. Uh, Matt, we need some of the Simenza money, but, but we're north of $17 million. I was told potentially this was, um, I don't know how true this is, but they had donors out there potentially up to $18.5 million by the end of the year. Of course, we're in the new year. I haven't heard an updated figure on that. Yeah, uh, I'm tired of hearing about it. Just build the damn thing. I Well, as you guys know, I think – Matt, how do you feel about this um, with the fact, and and Kyle and Bubba, um, how do you feel about the fact that don't you think that there's a lot of us that, you know, we want this thing so bad, they know a practice facility, and it almost feels like it's not going to happen, like it's a pipe dream. And the reason I say that is because if you go ahead and put the shovels in the ground and you're going to have a groundbreaking ceremony. I think we take the 18 million, screw the indoor practice facility, take the whole 18 million, and go, go go wipe the NIL portal clean and go win the national championship. That sounds good to me, and you know how I feel about that, Kyle. So <laughs> I haven't. It's kind of like we're too. Do you feel mad that it's too little, too late on the indoor practice facility? I mean, it's we've waited so damn long that now that uh, it's it's passe. <laughs> Well, what I'd like to do is kind of meet you guys in the middle and, okay. you know, do something a little bit, you know, do, do like a bubble or, or something along those lines. So you have your indoor, but then you still have a ton of money left for NIL. You, know, you take that 18 million and you put it all in the NIL and you go into the New Year's Six or the playoffs next year, you'll have all the money you need for the indoor practice facility. That's exactly that. The bingo, Kyle. This has been an off off show because Kyle and I agree on everything tonight, Matt. Are you feeling okay, Matt? <laughs> That's a first, man. We've been doing this show for years. That's uh, I'm, I'm happy to see that, fellas. I'm happy to see We're, that. It's a new year. It's a new start. A new beginning for Kyle and I. No. What, what do you guys think about the bubble idea, though? I mean, I know it's not. I know it's not aesthetically pleasing. You, you remember that movie with John Travolta where he where he was Boy in the bubble? bubble. Yeah. <laughs> Bubble Boy, what? Yeah, 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 from the seventies. Um, I yeah. hate John Travolta. I can't stand. Yeah, whoa, now you can leave John There's Travolta. There's two beers. As far as absolutely not, mm, absolutely not for multiple reasons. One, it doesn't provide John Travolta or the bubble. 
<laughs> it doesn't provide the function function uh, functionality that we need from a look at that Bubba and Matt are disagreeing wholeheartedly and me and Dave are agreeing. How about this? Bubba and Matt are gonna call each other names here in a minute. <laughs> we'll get, getting practices in, you know, when it lightens. Uh, so and John Gilbert referenced that recently in his interview with Igo, uh, you know, back right before Christmas. And just saying, just saying that, uh, you know, talking about the bubble because that was mentioned by a viewer, just saying, you know, it's, it's not uh, something you could practice in when it lightens. And then also uh, you have the, the aesthetics of it. And uh, needless to say, it's not very aesthetically pleasing. And I, I'm, I'm in full agreement with, with John Gilbert and uh, the administration on, you know, sticking with the uh, the traditional indoor practice facility. I agree. I just think it could be done cheaper than what we're trying to do it. But Kyle, in one hundred percent, and the problem is for me, we keep. I understand the price. Here's the problem. The problem is we all know the elephant in the room financially is that we had people like a certain AD, a uh, former AD that doesn't. It's not an AD anymore. A period. Jeff Confer. And uh, AD at Georgia Tech now um, that were resume builders, and they put this elaborate. I can't remember his name. He sucked too, though. He was Jay uh, Bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he was very nice to me, but I say that sarcastically. And so you have a situation where they built something that is great. The Wait, problem is. his name J or J, just the letter? So. He his said, first name was actually Jackass, but he went by Jack. <laughs> Great movies, by the way. Um, no, he he said it was two guys with a name. I don't know if it was John or whatever. And so the teacher, uh, to try to keep them, you know, apart where she could remember them, gave him the name, the letter J. That's what he. So he goes by the letter J. That I don't know what his first name is. Um, I'm glad he's at Georgia Tech and not at East Carolina. Um, but anyway, basically, we've, we what we did, guys, is we mortgaged the family farm. So I understand Gilbert being cautious because you've mortgaged the family farm. You can't borrow any more money. It's like bar, it's basically you uh, you want this luxury car, so you borrow everything you can, and you're struggling to pay for the car. That's kind of like what we're in the situation with the. In, uh, with the uh, with the Town Bank Tower, TBT. So the problem we have now is we should have built that tower many years ago, and they didn't. So we were, we're way behind on that. So the cost of that is astronomical. It would have been a lot cheaper, say, in the early 2000s. But we, we waited too long there. And now we've waited too long for the indoor practice facility. So that's going to be, you know, probably... By the time we start building the damn thing, we'll probably be thirty million. I mean, because we keep waiting. Construction. When's the last time? Help me out, guys. When's the last time you've ever heard construction cost going down? I'll just ask that question. Have you ever heard construction costs going down or up? And that's the frustration that I have with administration. They've done a nice job. I will give them credit. They've done a nice job raising the money. But if you don't. Get those shovels in the ground and a groundbreaking ceremony, hard hats, um, to go ahead and start on it. Then guess what? It's going to take. And I've talked about this before. <laughs> don't you think, guys? It's going to take a year and a half to build that thing. 
I have no idea. I would assume so, but uh, we need to go ahead and get started um, as soon as yep. possible. And uh, you know, um, I think we've uh, I think we pretty much covered everything we can cover tonight. Uh, you guys, anybody else got anything else they need desperately said? Yeah, I'm, we're trying to shoot for a Jim Cornout podcast. Uh, Corny, we're going to go another two hours. Who, who's uh, with me? No, I'm kidding. Uh, you go ahead. Um, I'm all- <laughs> I know it's it is. We're at almost two and a half hours, but. We had, hey, guys, we've had a lot of positive news, a lot of great things. And um, the one last thing I will say is the portal is going through. Is it the the 7th? Would that be, is that Sunday? Help me out. Sunday, right, is the last day of the portal. Yes, Sunday. Okay. So the 7th is Sunday. So that's the last day of the portal for this week. And uh, this week is the, the only time we have for the portal. And then it'll be in May um, where they open the portal back up. And uh, Matt? Uh, you have a few months to get your uh, apartment stocked up for the portal, and we'll see how everything goes as far as uh, um, that. By the way, guys, it looks like right now, um, Igo said, giving him credit, uh, it looks like as far as scholarships, one more point I wanted to make uh, to leave you guys with, it looks like if everything goes as planned, we have about, uh, not counting today, maybe down to six scholarships left if you count. Uh, because with the offensive lineman uh, sap. So I think it's about six scholarships we're going to have left uh, between now and the spring. Well, um, hopefully it stays that way. Uh, that means somebody else left. Well, not no, hopefully we sign those six and it goes to zero, but hopefully it doesn't grow. Correct. Uh, Kyle, do you have anything before we go? Uh, I'm I'm good. All right. Bubba, do you have anything? Uh, just be sure to follow us on social media on X at the Sports OBJ, and then also on on Instagram and TikTok at the Sports Objectives. Like and follow our Facebook page, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, now over eleven hundred subscribers, and uh, you know, when, you, when you subscribe, be sure to to click that notification bell and uh, notifications all. So that way, anytime we go live or upload new content, you know, such as you know our sights and sounds from around Dowdy Ficklin or Minji's or Clark Leclaire, uh, you will be notified on your device. Uh, no doubt. Uh, do you have anything, uh, Matt? Before we go, I got nothing, man. I got nothing. <clears throat> this COVID is getting this COVID is getting worse as I get into the night. So uh, I hope you feel better, bro, and uh, definitely. Definitely uh, take a sick day and uh, enjoy yourself watching. Uh, we have the national championship coming up. And one final thing, guys, uh, as far as Martin County football that we cover on here, uh, my alma mater, they hired Hunter Jinks. He's out of Raleigh, out of Millbrook. So a really good uh, hire by uh, the Martin County athletic director, and that's Sasim McGill. So, I uh, want to give them a shout out, and he's going to come on the show at some point. In fact, we have the press conference. Uh, speaking of a YouTube channel, if you'd like to check that out, uh, we got a couple interviews up there and had a good time last night. All right, guys, appreciate our great coach, uh, Bustle, for coming on, our great guest, talking about the national championship game. Uh, good luck to uh, – we'll see how that uh, fares on Monday night, and we'll be back with you real soon. You've been watching and listening to the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody, and as always – Go Pirates!
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.